0: Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit So, we have made it. Uh, Pro Day season has about one week left. I am finalizing my own personal ratings, rankings, board, whatever you want to ter- term you want to use. Uh, We are at the point in the process where all, I mean, soon the mock drafts, about three more weeks for those before the real draft finally happens. And then for me, what is really the most interesting part is what I call the eighth round, the undrafted free agent signing period. And for those that don't get drafted, you know, I know you don't need to be reminded of this, but I'll remind you nonetheless, there's a lot of guys in the Hall of Fame who never got drafted. And it'll happen again. You know, there's going to be another Kurt Warner down the line. Rod Smith isn't in the Hall of Fame, but he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver who was a quarterback, well, sort of a wildcat quarterback, whatever you want to call it, in in college at Southwest Missouri State. But there's a long list of great players who didn't hear their name called in in the, you know, in the seven, now it's seven rounds of the draft. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, when you get into a camp, start making victims and you'll you'll have a you'll have a play, a place in the league right if you're better than the other guys I don't care if they dread fast in the first the second whenever it is if they're from USC, if they're from Nebraska if they're from Tennessee if they' wherever they're from just beat them right <laughs> I mean that's that's the one good thing right. about football for all the hype and all the noise and all the other stuff at some point you put on pads or even sometimes just shells whatever it is you're wearing and you go out and you meet, match up against somebody else, and somebody wins, somebody loses. Right? Exactly. And so all that stuff. Absolutely.
1: Melts <laughs> At some
0: point, all those things Absolutely. Stuff so, uh, I've been joined Absolutely. by my first couple of guests. Who's, who's on with me? Please introduce yourself. Um, um, my Jerome name is Keenan Johnson. Yes, I've got Keenan Johnson, and who else? Who else with me? Jerome Smith. And Jerome Smith, okay, I got it. but Jerome, hold up for just a second. I'm going to talk to, to Keenan for a second, and I'll be back with you. So tell me a little bit about how it all began for you, Keenan. Go back to your earliest athletic memories. Uh, what sport did you play first, and how did you get introduced to becoming an athlete?
2: Um, we take it back all the way to my earliest memories. Uh, I've been playing football um, since I was about eight years old. Um, I grew up and a house full of five kids, and everybody in the household played football. So, it, you know, I was basically born with a, a football in my hand. So, you know, parents took me out to the field. They they said I enjoyed it, and uh, I've been playing the sports ever since. And I, honestly, that's the only sport I played. Um, everybody wanted me to run track. Everybody wanted me to play play basketball. But I was just so focused on football all year round since huh. since a kid you know, I knew that's what I wanted to do and with my life I wanted to be in the NFL, so I put all my focus into that.
1: Interesting. Okay. Uh,
0: I I won't criticize the path you decided to walk. A lot of studies have shown that multi-sport athletes, uh, whether it be because of the way it develops different types of coordination and flexibility, there's advantages, right, obviously, right, right. To, to be in multiple sports, but you uh, clearly were, were hooked from from jokes. Uh, same question right. for you, Jerome. No problem. Same question for you, Jerome. Tell me about when you got started, who started you, how you started becoming an athlete, and what were your sports that you first played as a young man, as a very young man, back child? Um, well,
3: the first sport I was playing was baseball. Um, I grew around this area where these guys were playing baseball a lot. So it started at Kyle Park when I was nine years old. So those guys, they drifted out to football, so I started playing football also. So, later on, probably like two years down the line, I started playing basketball after that, so
0: yeah, baseball was my first love actually
1: okay,
3: excellent
0: um, I was a decent baseball player until my vision started to go what uh what position did you play when you were playing baseball?
3: um I was actually the pitcher, and I played center field okay, got it,
0: got it, and then, when you played basketball. What kind of, you know, were you like a playmaker? Were you a banger? Were you a a shooter? What was your game like when you played basketball?
3: Oh, that's kind of crazy because when I first started playing, I was a shooter, but like down the line I started playing like Westbrook. I looked like a football player on the
0: basketball floor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I would have thought though if Westbrook had wanted to be an NFL wide receiver, He's he's about 12 pounds probably, but he's got everything else you look for. He's got the explosiveness, change of direction, incredible hands, and, and, uh, of course, you know, uh, hand-eye coordination and all that good stuff. Uh, And I got to see Iverson. Uh, He grew up not too far from where I grew up. I saw Vic. I saw Iverson. I saw Aaron Brooks. I saw Lawrence Taylor. Played with two of my cousins at Lafayette High School in Williamsburg, Virginia. Got to see Bruce Smith. I was on junior varsity at uh, Lake Taylor High School. When Bruce Smith was at Booker T, oh, sweet God in heaven. That that almost scared me out of football watching Bruce Smith destroy our team. (laughs) It was a terrifying thing to watch because Bruce was bigger in high school than he was in the pros, and I'm not even joking when I say that. He showed up at Virginia Tech at 298. He played at 310 or something in high school, 305, 310 in high school because, you know, he just liked to eat. But he was such a good athlete that even though he was really out of shape, it almost didn't matter. Because he could still, he was not in good shape. He was like a big roly-poly kid, but he could really run and jump even then. He was a bat, great basketball player, too. He had six, three and a half, six, four, and 300 and whatever he was in high school. He still could dunk with ease, could run the court. Frightening. Just a freak. Another freak of nature. And Then he got to the other so was like, oh, this isn't going to work, you know. <laughs> um, so he started dropping weight. And there's a place in my hometown called Waring's Gymnasium, which was a boxing gym. Uh, in out Sweet P. Whitaker, got trained there, lots of great fighters trained there in my hometown. And he started working on boxing. And it helped him with, hey, once again, handle coordination, but he got in better shape and better and better and better. By the end of his career, he was playing in the 260s. So he entered the league at about 298, finished his career at like two almost, almost 30 pounds, by about 269, probably about where he finished his career. So, so yes, uh, once again, cross-training, multiple sports. Okay, I'll stick with you for the moment. So you grew up in a very talent-rich environment. There's a lot of other good athletes in the area where you grew up. Tell people around uh, where around you when you're growing up you might have been older than you, might have been younger than you. But who are some of the other good athletes that were in the area where you grew up? Uh,
3: well, I actually have a guy in the NFL right now that I went against in high school named D'Angelo Yancey. Uh, oh. I grew up around Eric Berry. The Purdue Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Rashad Jones that plays for the Dolphins right now. He went to a school nearby me. Uh, the talent, it's a lot of talent around the area. Mm-hmm. It's a talent area. Yes. To be yes. honest, and that's there was a lot of dudes with talent that that didn't get the same opportunity as far as like the grades or they didn't have the guidance
0: growing up. Yep. Yep. A couple of the best athletes I ever saw in my life. One ended up working with the post office, you know, got a had problems with his grades, had uh, scholarship offers in Maryland, North Carolina, didn't have the grades, got to grow pregnant, went to go work for the post office. He was the best post office probably in the history of the post office. But, you know, you got to take care of your business or else you can get sidetracked. Um, I'll jump back over to you, Keenan. Tell me about some of the guys from your neck of the woods when you were growing up. and you know, guys doesn't have to be football necessarily, but who are some of the great, really good athletes that are from your area? Uh yeah,
2: definitely. Growing up, you know, we got some guys come out of uh, Oakland, California. Uh, you know, growing yeah. up, everybody in the city, everybody in the city already knew Marshawn Lynch was, you know, was the man. So everybody was a big fan of Marshawn Lynch and uh, the whole beast mode thing he had going on. Um, we, uh, we, you know, we got Marcus Peters. Uh, and currently, the man right now is Damian Lillard, the uh, point guard for the Trailblazers. Yep. So. Yep. You know, those, those are those are our main three guys. You know that we have right now that that's doing it big for the city.
0: Well, it's what's interesting to me is that those are three very different guys, but there's still something very Bay Area about them. If you know what I mean.
2: Right. Like, right,
0: um, right. 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 <laughs> okay. What they used to call hyphy, I guess that's an old term. I guess the term replaced, but. There's, like, there's a, yeah, yeah. I'm old. I'm an old guy. But there's definitely a sense of like you can't impress them with anything. You know what I mean? Like nothing, like nothing phases these guys. <laughs> you know, it, right?
2: Especially, especially and Marcus. That's exactly how they. Uh... Oh, there's <laughs> nothing you can do. There's nothing
0: you could say. And Damien, Damien is not as noticeable, but he's not. I've never seen no matter how who you are if you come in and you know jump in his face you never see him back down. He doesn't blink. Right. I mean, Marcus Peters is both looking for stuff. I mean, that's, you know, Marcus is probably the most, yeah. He's, it must be exhausting being Marcus Peters. <laughs> that guy is, I mean, ever, I've never seen him get through a whole game without having some sort of confrontation with somebody. It might be right, a teammate, exactly. might be a coach, might be an opponent, somebody, I mean, a referee, somebody. Somebody's getting a little extra exactly. something from Marcus Peters. Well, exactly. That's an energetic youngster. And, yeah, I mean, obviously, exactly. with Marshall, he's a little more laid back. A little, a little more laid back. I mean,
2: but he's... Just a, just a little bit. A little bit, but he's unimpressed.
0: <laughs> I, mean, right. I, mean, I mean, it wouldn't matter. who. I mean, you could be... I don't care who it is. You could be the king of whatever. You could be name a celebrity, name a whatever, to walk past and be like, hey. <laughs> you know? That's it. Right, right. That's right exactly what I was <laughs> do.
1: But, yeah, exactly. and, they're
0: all, and they're all tremendous athletes. So right. I try to explain this to other people because when people think California, they always think Southern California. which was a whole different planet from the Bay Area. Right, exactly, whole different planet. I mean, different in every way, every way. Yes. If you're going to play with somebody here, right, they're different everything. The food is different. The weather is different. The, it, it might as well be on the other side of the country, even though it's supposed to be the same state. If somebody, right. when they think when they think California, they think palm trees, Hollywood, garbage, Chinese Theater, all that stuff, smoothie bars, yoga, yoga, hot yoga. For someone who, if that's what they have in mind, explain to them what the Bay Area is, as opposed to what they think California is. Um,
2: you know, everybody has a their 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 view on what what they see on TV and they and they believe that's what the whole California is like, but um, the Bay Area the Bay Area specifically is it's a it's it's not it's not pop no palm trees you know um, the weather is nice but it's not going to be seventy seven plus degrees all year round uh, it's a little more chilly down there in the Bay Area um, a lot by you're by water most of the time but. The, the main difference is the culture. Um, it's, it's a lot more, lot more things going on culturally um, in the Bay Area, uh, especially in San Francisco and uh, downtown Oakland and things like that. But, yeah, it, it's a totally different world than, than Southern California, most definitely.
0: Yes, it is dramatically different. My sister used to work at Cal Berkeley but lived in San Francisco and she used to take—I can't remember what the name of the train was—but it took you through everything. The, like you got on that train, a yeah, Bar station. Them. Thank you. Right. But if you stayed on that train from where she lived to where she worked, you saw everything. You saw mansions. Exactly. You saw uh-huh. you saw mean You saw everything. Uh-huh. Definitely, like, <laughs> definitely. I you mean, on that
2: bar station, you go all the way to San Francisco, all to to the good spots, and then back to West Oakland to the to the to the to the to the, to the hood spots. It's, you take you. You can see you can see the whole city, man, on the bar stations. You can see the whole. You thing.
0: really do. I mean, you could make a fascinating documentary film just by riding that thing all the way over the way, then all the way back, and all you'd have to do is take the camera out. The rest of it would take care of itself. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, tell me about some of the rivalries. Obviously, there's some also some famous high schools. Uh, now, way before your time, Bill Russell, of course, was uh you know, built McClemon's, or McClyman's how it's pronounced, into a nationally known basketball powerhouse. Uh, they've got private schools, you know, like, you know, MJD uh, and all that bunch of, I mean, they went, what, six years without losing at Salem's or some crazy number. Um, right. Obviously that's, a, that's, obviously, that's a Catholic school, but there's a bunch of well-known schools there. Tell me about the school you went to and who your rivals
2: were. Um, yeah, I actually went to two high schools, and the first high school I went to was Alameda High, and our oh. rivals was Encino High, so that was always that was always a big game. The game used to always be sold out. You know, um, you, if you wanted to watch that game, you had to, the game started at seven. You had to get there at five. Uh, that, that's yeah. how that's how much that's how much them, them, them people uh, love that rivalry. And then I switched over to Sandlers, Ohio, and our rivals was Arroyo High. You know and you know, it it is something about those rivalry games, man, when the fans come out, everybody got high energy. Um, and, and it is all uh, it's just a different type different type of football.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I'm gonna uh, hop back over to Jerome. Tell me a little about some of the, the rivalries in your area and what made those rivalries? Like why why did certain teams wanna beat certain other teams so badly? Okay,
3: so like lot of the Benjamin May's high school and, like, our rivalry with Doug High School and like, Carver. And the reason, well, actually, like, because my two sisters went to Douglas High School. They came out of 05 and 07. I graduated in 14. So I wanted to mm-hmm. go to the rival high school because that was closer to me. And that's the guys I went to middle school with. So I chose Mays. So the reason why that was our rivalry is because, like, you, you know, some of those guys are, like, close friends. You might have grew up together in the hood with them together, type stuff like that. So when we played them, it was all it was all love at the end of the game, but during the game we were trying to kill each other. You know how that is when you put on cool. pads and and the reason why Carver was our other rival because it was another inner city school. It was basically like the Crown of Atlanta. everybody wondering where I'm from, from Atlanta, Georgia. So it was basically like having right. like having like that bragging rights of the city. And is it
0: was there a, like a game where it was so big that like People, would you have alums, people that might have been, you know, 10, 15, 20 years out of school would come back for us? Was it like that?
3: Yeah, we had a bunch of alumni that come back to the school, man. Sometimes it get crazy out there. One time they had to stop the game versus Carver because people started shooting out there.
0: All right, then. Well, that's a little too much. Okay, let's not do that, people. Let's let you can trash talk right. if you want to talk, Maybe that. Let's uh, stop
1: yeah, with that. Gotta, let's let's gotta, go yeah, with really that. Crazy.
0: Let's, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a little too much. That's that's. Let's not do that. No, let's let's hold off on, on the gunplay. Um, tell me a little bit about your trip up the depth chart. Uh, where when you first got to high school, where were you on the depth chart? What position did you have you playing? And how long did it take you to start actually getting getting some burn?
3: Well, I actually had to prove myself. Like in ninth grade, I played like on the freshman team, and on the tenth grade, I started off on JV. And like when I started getting like respect from my teammates and stuff, I had caught four picks in the JV game. Uh, I can't remember I can't remember what team it was, but my coach told me like I started getting like some like some burn on velocity during the next couple of weeks, and so I, I was doing good on varsity. Well, actually, my first game of varsity, I got, I got toasted. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like, <laughs> it was like a wake up call because I had, like, I had my little swag going on around the school. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm on varsity now. So that first game, it was actually against Carver, and I got toasted. It was in Georgia Dome. I got toasted. That's game. Your so like, first game on varsity was in Georgia Dome. Jeez. Yeah, man, I guess some lights cut on, man. I froze up a little bit. I got toasted. Like, it's probably like the worst game of my career, I, I, my whole career, high school, college, break ball. <laughs> oh, like, I got toasted. <laughs> but oh. after that, I, I woke up. Yeah, man, after that, I had woke up, and I, uh, I ended yeah, up know Yeah, because your pride it. wasn't going to let you go out like that.
0: You probably
3: heard nah. about that on the, on the ride home, right? Man, did I? <laughs> they were so mad at me. <laughs> the only reason, the only reason, the only reason, <laughs> the only reason, like they calmed down a little bit because we ended up winning the game at the end. But yeah, I think I had gave up like two touchdowns, something like that. Something crazy. Oh, man. that's an uncomfortable backside, yeah. Oh man. Yeah, Woo. the ride, the ride back, the ride back to the school was hectic, man. You know, but I ended up bouncing back. I ended up catching three pitches. in. In the season, I got my first offer. After that, so it all oh, wow. worked out for the better.
0: <laughs> that's quick. Where where did you get your first offer from?
3: Uh, my first offer was Charlotte and Old Dominion. Oh wow. Okay.
0: My first two offer. Okay. Old Dominion, back in my neck of the woods, my hometown, the Tidewater, Virginia. Okay, area. Uh. Wow. That's quick. So you you were what fifteen or something? You already got your first offer?
3: Yeah, I was fifteen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, that's quick. That's quick. Uh, I'll jump back over to Ms. Johnson. Uh, so your recruitment process sounds like it was a little little more gradual, a little more slow-burning. slow, slow burning. Tell me about when you first right. started to get some looks and how did that play out and how did you work your way into the starting rotation at your school? Uh, I started my rotation at my high school? Yeah, right. It We're it still in high school, but we'll move yeah. into
2: college in a minute. Yeah, so, you know, everything – things was a little bit different for me, you know, um, growing up, you know, I played, played football with my friends as I was a kid. So we all decided to go to the same high school and, you know, they had a freshman and a JV team. And in ninth grade, all my friends was on JV, but I was the only one that was on the freshman team. And, you know, so I was feeling, I was feeling some type of way about that because I I always felt that, you know, I was either better than some of those guys or, or, at at least at the same talent level, you know. So um when the summertime went the summertime came, uh going into my tenth grade year and I went straight from freshman to starting on varsity, you know, at thirteen. Um and then I was a start by thirteen years old, 10th grade, I was starting receiver, I was starting corner, kick returner, pump returner. I was you know, I made that, that big leap from freshman to varsity and uh, you know, I had a pretty good I had a pretty good year as at a tenth grader, you know. I had honorable mention, things like that. And then, but my team, my team was bad. My team was horrible. My team, we went 0-10 that year. It was, it was the worst, <laughs> it was the worst football season I ever experienced. Um, we went 0-10. And then, so I recruited some more of my friends, you know, to come play with us, uh, come to my high school and come play. Uh, then that year didn't go as well, neither. We went 2-8. and So now I'm like, you know what, I need, I need I need my, my boys with me, man. I call my boys up. I'm like, yeah, I, I feel like we could we can be, you know what I'm saying? The the guys at this high school. We ain't this high school ain't been in the playoffs in about fourteen years. But I feel like, you know, if if we all if we, if you come we can we can get the job done, you know. All we needed was a quarterback. So my cousin came to the school, um, and he was a quarterback and then I g that's when me and him we just had a dynamic duo, me and my two cousins and uh, we took the, our high school to the playoffs for the first
0: time back in fourteen years. Well, first of all, congratulations. Um, I I don't know what it's like to be at a school that's gone through a drought like that, but my school was the new school. So I don't know what it's like to be part of a school that qualified for the playoffs for the first time uh, because it was new in my day. I'm once again old. But our school had never been to the playoffs until my senior year. Uh, We had – we went – I'm from a place where you have junior high schools and then you, so we don't have middle schools. So I was in junior high, Brandon junior high school, and Brandon was a powerhouse in junior high school. Um, And most of the kids from Brandon ended up at at, at Green Run, but not all. It was a school that was split so you could end up at whatever, long story. Uh, But the the ones of us that ended up at Green Run, from my group, um, you know, uh, the Pantac brothers, whatever, it doesn't matter. But we sort of came in together and we said, like, we're going to, you know, we're going to make the playoffs. We didn't the first year. We went 5-5 five and five the first year, 6-4 and four the next year, and then we went 7-3, and three, and we were 6-3 and three going to the last game of the season against a school we'd never beaten in the history of our school. Our school was uh, six years old or five years old, one or the other, uh, and we'd never beaten this team ever, ever, ever. And it was Kempville, which was like the powerhouse. Um, they'd had guys go from there to the NFL, you know, on to Penn State or on to other places we end up in the NFL. Never beaten them in the history of our school. And we beat him on the last play of the game on a trick play. And uh, our quarterback. Oh, wow. oh, so our quarterback dropped that rivalry game, right? See, so if you've been this game for. We've been practicing this game the whole time we have been for like three years. We've been practicing the same darn play. We never used it, ever. And so our quarterback drops back. He throws what looks like a little wide receiver screen, but he bounces it. But it's behind the line of scribbage. So it's parallel to the line of scribbage. And uh, he's throwing it to Keith Gilchrist, who was. A wide receiver, but also our backup quarterback. and He like hangs his head. He starts unbuckling his chest strap. We all drop our shoulders. Ah, you know whatever. And the other team relaxes. And then Keith picks it up. And our best receiver, Maurice Harold, is tearing off. And Maurice Harold, um, he has a nephew and a not a is a nephew, nephew and a son I guess in the league now. There's a guy named Sage Harold, and what's the other kid's name? Something else Harold. One plays for the 49ers. And but if there's a kid named Harold in mean, the NFL, they're somewhat related to Maurice Harrell. Uh, I guess leave it at that. But Maurice, um, tearing, like, he stops, like chops his feet, and then kind of slows down and takes off again when the defense relaxes. Uh, Keith, it's called a special K-play named for Keith Gilchrist. Keith picks it up, tosses it with everything he's got. I've never seen him throw the ball so far. He might never threw the ball that far in his life because all the drilling and everything. Because <laughs> he's normally for, for like 45, maybe 60 yards. He threw this ball 60-plus yards easily. And so normally, Maurice has to slow down to catch the ball when, on this play as you practice it. But the, all the adrenaline hits, he's throws the ball almost out of almost the back of the end zone. That's how hard he had to throw it. So Maurice has to really take off. And he was like a hurdles champion, so he can run. And right at the end of the end zone, he jumps, drags – it's like something you've seen in a movie. He drags his toes right by the back line end zone, pulls the ball in, and I don't know how he does it, but he stops himself. You know what I mean? Like instead of going out of the back end of the end zone, and he's like – I don't know how he does it. Still to this day, I'll have to ask him, but I see him somewhere. Like, how did you not? He pulls – like somehow stops himself like Bugs Bunny in midair, comes back in the end zone, touchdown, we win the game. Uh, their coach Ralph Sat Ralph, who's used to call him back in the in the non PC days, losing it, throwing his clipboard, throwing his visor, throwing his whistle. He would have he would have thrown his clothes if, it, if if they weren't so tight. He's <laughs> screaming and running and no, probably cursing. I can't quite hear him, luckily, but and he's like, "That's the way go!" Blah blah blah. Two more passes, and we told the refs before we were going to run this play. We said it's going to be parallel line scrimmage. See, so, so he's going nuts because you know. It's for the playoffs. Like, whoever wins that wins the Beach District and goes on to the playoffs. And once again, we've never beaten them before. He goes crazy. So it was extremely satisfying. Wow. It's our biggest battle. We've <laughs> never beaten them ever in the history of school, and it's our first time in the playoffs. We got knocked out in the next round. But still, it was cool. So it was really <laughs> <exciting>. <laughs> man,
2: that's, that's still a good story to tell, man. <laughs>
0: I mean, it was a, I'm old. It was a long time ago. I still remember every moment of it. It's crazy how someday when you're 40-something, 50-something, you'll still have these – and that's what people don't realize. It's like if, you're, if you play tennis growing up, you can play tennis when you're 70. If you grow up playing golf, you can play golf when you're 80. You grow up playing football, if you're lucky, and you make the NFL, you might get to your early 30s, but you might feel 70 but you, you're done right. usually by about 30-something. So this is, your time is so precious as a football player. It's so precious because it's over so quick. Right. Um, very precious. Very precious. So I'm going to stick with you for another moment. So lay it out for me a little bit more. So uh, when did you finally start to get some attention in terms of the opportunity to keep playing uh, on the college level, and, and uh, from whom did you start hearing, and how did you navigate the, uh, that process?
2: Um, well, yeah, uh, you know, in high school and things like that, um, I didn't really have the best grades, you know, my mom always tried to tell me to get study, stay on my books, stay on my books, but, uh, I, you know, I, growing up, I was hard-headed. I really didn't listen like that. So in high school, I actually had, I had teams like, uh, Missouri have interest in me and UCLA was the two main schools, but, you know, they seen my, my transcripts and it was, Basically over with from there, so I would end up going the JUCO route, and I went to I went to the you know the best junior college in the nation, in my opinion, the College of San Mateo. And okay. um, at my at, after my first season there, uh, my first season there, I got All Conference cornerback, and you know teams like Utah, uh, schools like Utah, um, Utah State, um, Cal, Fresno State, uh, they all started showing a lot of interest in me. And actually, actually Utah actually offered me, but but they thought I was going to be able to leave and you know in the in the uh, winter time you know and to be there in the spring, but you know I couldn't do that. I had to get I had to get my AA, so I had to end up playing another season. They actually offered me again, but uh, you know UCF came around and I took my visit to Orlando. And if any 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 kid that's in high school and they take a visit to Orlando, in my opinion, I don't care if you have. Alabama offering you, you're going to go to UCF. The campus is beautiful. You know, the city is wonderful. And, and it, 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 it's a good time over there. Very fun. Well,
0: I mean, I have to tell you, UCF is building a beast program. A beast right program. A beast program. They're going to be a problem for
2: years Right, come
0: exactly. Years. What people also well, don't, I don't realize is, I hear people say small school. It's like, have you seen your It's a huge school. <laughs> <laughs> it's not <all that> small school? <laughs> if, if I showed you the campus, if it were for the except for the nice weather, if I told you it was Ohio State. You believe me, except for you know all the nice weather and the right. super beautiful. Right. Nice
3: campus.
0: Oh my God, it's an amazing campus. Yeah. And yeah, you we, had, we actually had we're the
2: most students. We had the most students in the country. We had, yeah, we yes. had the most students uh, in the country of like any university.
0: Yes, it is. So when someone says small program, small, it's like, no, 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 no. It doesn't get any bigger. And it keeps getting bigger. Like, that's another crazy right. thing. If you go back for five years, they'll have built like stuff. Right, exactly. I mean, it's going to be the biggest school in America. It's not like the big. It's going to be, like, the biggest with 5,000 in enrollment to spare if they keep this up.
2: Well, yeah, most definitely. Oh, so
0: tell me about your what we call welcome to college football moment. Uh, you, you obviously went through the junior oh, – actually, no, don't do it. Get to that next. Let me stick with junior college. I think most football fans have a pretty good idea of what high school – a lot of them played high school football. I did – I mean, it's not hard. i should say actually it's not hard. It's hard to play football no matter what level. But it's easier to play high school football than to play college football. So a lot of people have played high school football. A decent number of people right. play college football, but a smaller number of people have played junior college than have played either high school or four year. If you know what I mean, like it's a lot of things. I don't understand the special challenge that that the junior college experience is. So for someone that right. doesn't know what it's like to try to be a junior, because it's really harder than either one in a strange kind of way. It's harder than high school, and in some ways even harder than a four year because of all the different challenges and demands and. I've known guys that have gone to junior college and they look on the depth chart and they're 12th on the depth chart. 12th! Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I, I say, it's all a, a mistake. Like, maybe be, they can't be 12. <laughs> you know, like, that's like, that can't be right. I'm, I'm too good to be 12. All, why would you have 12 guys on the depth chart? Like, that's impossible. And exactly, like, that's exactly. That 12th going to practice and move up. But uh, explain to someone who isn't aware of what the junior college experience is like. What is it like? How is it different from anything else?
2: Uh, to start it off, um, the junior college route is is a very very humbling and and rough experience. You know, you got guys that 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 go to junior college straight out of high school, and then you also have a lot of guys that uh, went to D one D one schools and wanted to transfer or. Or go to junior college route for some reason, and they leave their D1 schools thinking that you know junior college is going to be easy because they were at a D1 program. And I've seen a lot of athletes, a lot of great athletes, fold under the pressure. Because um, junior, junior college, like you said, junior college is a whole different ball game. Uh, you, in order, honestly, you got you got that that tests your will and how much you really love football. Because everybody that's at the program, everybody's trying to do the same thing that you're trying to do, and they're trying to get out. They're trying to make it. You know, so you're going gonna to go to – you gonna. it's not like college to where, you know, you only probably have uh, six DBs on your depth chart. No, at my junior college we had about, about 13 cornerbacks. Um, we had about nine safeties, and everybody was talented, you know. So it's definitely – every day at practice is definitely a grind.
0: You got to show out and be the best every single day. Think of how hard it is Ball, to get wrecked. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Like, my high school was a big high school. And anybody, they didn't really cut anybody. They would, you know, let you know you weren't going to play, but they wouldn't cut anybody. So we had a lot of guys. But it wasn't that many. Good God. At in college, they they might have to go five deep, maybe six deep, as you said, but that's that most. But that's ridiculous. So tell me about that. How do you survive an environment where there's so – it's worse. Like I said, I mean, until you get to the NFL, you won't see that many other talented athletes around, how do you survive? How do you manage to to go upwards, not downwards, and not fold under that pressure when you get to that level?
2: Um, The main thing I know, I know the main thing with me was when I came in, um, you know, everybody was looking at me like, you know, I'm the new guy. I'm not really going to do much. But what separated me from a lot of the players was, you know, I, 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 I focus a lot on my film study. You know, cause everybody at, at a certain point you're gonna get to a point to where everybody's either just athletic as you or more athletic. So the mm-hmm. thing is, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pick something and do something that's gonna make you stand out. And the thing that made me stand out was my film study. Um, I, I bro, I, I, I can break down any receiver that played on my team that that I practiced against, and any receiver that I went up against. So I knew if you did one small tendency, I knew exactly what you was gonna do. And that always made me one step ahead, and then that separated me from a lot of guys, and that's why I was able to make, you know, what I'm saying, a lot of plays JUCO and juke on things like that, and separate myself. Cause, like I said earlier, when you got when you competing against 13 guys and all 13 guys are talented, you gotta you gotta stand out completely. Like you gotta completely stand out because one day you you might you might do good one day and be in the starting role, starting the starting rotation, but then you have a bad practice is. You, you can fall back to number five, the fifth corner on the depth chart.
0: Yeah, that's – so, and you just mentioned something incredibly important about that, the mental side of the game and film study. Now, is that something that one of your coaches got you started on that path, or who was it that introduced you to film study and got you to really understand how important it was? Yeah, actually, I didn't I didn't even know how – I know it might sound weird, but I didn't even
2: know how to watch film until I got to junior college. Um my high school, we didn't really, we weren't, we weren't really too big on film study in high school, things like that. But in junior college, um, that's why I believe, you know, College San Mateo is one of the best juco's all around because they teach you, they teach you everything from the mental aspect, the physical technique, and all that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, my DB coach, um, Coach Amari Green, he actually set me down and and taught me how to watch film. He taught me things to look at to where I'm just not watching plays over and over. To I'm actually breaking things down and. You know, it's where it's it sticking my head and things like that. So, yeah, he, he, wanted, he, my DB coach, the one that told me that, you know, showing me how important the uh, film, the film aspect of football is and, and it changed
0: my life. Okay. Same question for you, Jerome. Tell me a little bit about your quote unquote welcome uh, to college football moment. Um, and then, once again, film study. When did you start to really get into it and who was it that helped you to? to get into that part of the game that was going to help you to keep progressing when you couldn't just get by on being a great athlete?
3: Yeah, so it was crazy that I came to Georgia State. Uh, I think it was already like 13 corners in the room. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, one guy came in. Well, both guys I came in with, one's in the NFL right now, because I redshirted my first year, actually. So he played with the Eagles last year. He was a rookie. And um, one guy, he got, a, he got a chance with the Chargers, and he's in CFL playing right now. So, yeah, I was basically competing against those two guys when I first came in with the seniors and juniors. So, like you said, like the junior college, like I basically got that in college, like when I first got there. Um, Basically, uh, what number did they – I think I had like number 38 when I first came. And I looked at my locker and I was like, man, it's going to be a long road. (laughs) Uh, so basically uh, how, how like how I break down film, uh, my coach Eric Lewis taught me how to break down film. He was at Buffalo at first and he they came down to Georgia State and um he's actually the Boston College corner coach right now and uh I was basically like just going like in the office with him on, on my long time, like break down like personnels, like uh, what type of route concepts they like in this formation, uh, what they like to do on third down, third and short, third and long stuff like that, it was basically a long road for me.
0: Okay. And tell me about an example of a play that you made that you would not have made, could not have made, in fact, if it weren't for the fact that you were a real student of the game, that you really, really studied tape and understood, as you said, down and distance, alignments, assignments, uh, tendencies, all that.
3: Uh, okay, so red shirt freshman year is in the bowl game. Um, I can't remember the running back now. I know he played for the Texans right now. He played on San Jose State. The running back, um, fast dude, number seven. I can't remember his name. Um, so basically, they had him out wide. Um, this a play. This a formation I never seen before. So they had him out wide. So I knew that I knew that like they was trying to get him the ball. So I was playing like outside corner. So I mostly played nickel in college, but I was playing outside that game. So it was a wheel route that he ran, and my eyes basically got caught in the backfield, and he was, like, striking down the field. And so I basically had to recover and break, break up the pads. I should have intercepted it, but I broke it up. So it was like a formation I'd never seen before, but I knew the key in on that guy because that's the guy that was trying to get the ball to that game.
0: Okay. Got it. Uh, I'll jump back over to Keenan. So you told me about your welcome to junior college moment. Now tell me a little about your welcome to to your four-year institution moment. And then after that, you can tell me about a play that you made that came from things you spotted in film study.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, my welcome, my, so the fact that I had that junior college experience, it was very humbling. So when I I stepped into my four-year University kind of with a different mentality than uh, than a lot of people step in with. Um, I knew that in order to get to get what what I want, I'll have to work for it because that's that's what I've been doing my whole life. So um, as soon as I got to junior college, uh, you know, I, I started getting that camaraderie with the DBs, uh, started building that bond and stuff with with the corners and the and the safeties and things like that. And actually, my first, I actually started, uh, I, was a th- I was a number one quarterback on the depth chart day one of fall camp without even stepping on the field without doing any of those things because the DB coach seen how, because how, I was always working out and always, you know what I'm saying, watching film, watching the offense and things like that. So, the first day I stepped out, I stepped out there at fall camp, I was with the starting lineup. And my first practice, I actually had, had to guard Traquan Smith. Um, he was drafted uh, fourth round by the Saints. And, I remember that. I remember that to this day uh, he had ran a post route, and I'm I'm covering him like like white on rice. It is he he has no separation, but the quarterback threw the ball. I'm thinking I'm about to jump the pick and intercept it. He shielded me off with one arm and caught the ball with the other like with the opposite hand, and I'm just like yeah this this is a different type. This is a different type of football at this level. So. That That's something that kind of, you know, that was, that was my kind of wake-up experience and things like that.
0: And, yeah, I mean, that's, and that's what the NFL is all about. You, wide receivers know that they're going to be covered. 70% right. of the catches they're going to make are how to make while they're covered because nobody... Right. I mean, NFL Open is covered in college. <laughs> you know I mean? Exactly. <laughs> and you just have to have the quarterbacks have to have incredible accuracy, and the receivers are, well, I mean, it's a freak show. You know, look at the guys who play receiver in the NFL. They're just, it's just a freak show. These They're either small and quick, or they're big and fast, or they're, they're but whatever they are, they are freaks. They have, right. you know, you could you could hit them with a car, and they would hold on to the ball. They don't care. You know, it's just a different world. So it's good to get introduced right. to that right away. Obviously, I mean, people like to sometimes take shots at whatever, you know, you who's UCF play? I've watched UCF. You guys play a lot of guys that end up in the NFL. That's UCLA. Right, right, right. <laughs> right?
1: I a mean, lot you of can, guys
0: go to the NFL. got a bunch of guys who will be in the NFL, right? You play this. You play, um, right. uh, what do you call it? Um, Temple.
1: Memphis.
2: Temple's going a bunch of them. guys in the NFL. Yeah. Memphis is going to have a bunch of guys in the NFL. Like, it, it, it's is is talent all across the board in that conference. Yep. All across
0: the board. Yep. Yep. So I try to remind people, you know, don't well first thing they teach you when you teach me, you learn how to scout is don't scout helmets. You know, scout players, right. don't scout helmets. Uh, you'll yeah. you'll get fooled a lot of times. A bunch of these guys in Alabama are no better, and we'll find out, right? Because they don't you know, you'll get to carry your resume, They don't care how many stars you were coming out of high school when you get to the NFL. It's funny to me. At certain positions, the two stars routinely outplay the five stars. If you look, right. mm-hmm. like the quarterback, for example, now, I will I'll I'll, I'll get off of this second. But the only five-star quarterback in the NFL who 5 out of high school, who is a starter in the NFL now, is Matt Stafford. <laughs> That's the oh, only one. Every other quarterback who's a starter in the NFL is a four-star or lower. Darla was a four-star. Uh, Wentz was a one or a two, depending on who you ask. Tom Brady was a one or a two. <laughs> well done on that one. Right.
2: Matt Ryan
0: was a two. Aaron Rodgers, a two. Um, you know, I mean, the the, the the best quarterbacks in the NFL were almost all two stars. It's crazy. But go back and look it up.
2: Right.
0: Almost all the best quarterbacks <laughs> you know, um, Russell Wilson was a two or a three, depending upon which one yes, yeah, because everyone once again is like when he came out, oh he's too short, too short. Um let me see. Breeze was a two. Like most of the best ones were yeah. two. That's a crazy thing. But I think about it. Most of the best interval quarterbacks were two stars. Handful of threes mixed in for flavor, a couple of fours, and one five. One. One.
2: Nah, crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's
0: crazy. Yeah, so so that's what I learned. I learned long ago not to worry about all that stuff. You know, um, how how hard does the guy work? How smart is he? How good an athlete is he? Can he respond to? And he said, the pressure. The the you're gonna get beat. I don't care what position you play. If you're a quarterback, you're gonna throw interceptions. If you're a running back, you're gonna fumble. You're gonna knock. You're gonna take tackles for loss. If you're uh, a defensive lineman, you're gonna get washed out of the play. If you're an offensive lineman, you're gonna get beat. If you're a corner. I mean, I felt my boy with his story about getting roasted in his first game in the Georgia, the God of everybody. I mean, there is nothing worse to play I mean, I'm, I'm biased because I played safety myself, but there's nothing worse. Like, you can kind of hide if you play some other position. There's no hide when you're a TV, man. There's no hide. It's like, not even your fault. I'm right. It's not even your fault, but they don't care. Yeah. They don't know you're getting booed. Exactly. Your mom, your mom is booing you.
2: it's
1: a cold world it's
0: (laughs) a cold world (laughs) you know it doesn't happen to everybody it happens to DVs man DVs live in a cold cold world nobody cares and they're trying to legislate us out of existence man
1: every rule in the
0: past past 30 years has has made it harder to play defensive back college, pro, high school every level it's like Let's, what can we do to make – okay, you're doing okay with almost impossible. How do you handle impossible? We don't make it impossible. Right. We don't want you to – we don't want you to touch them. We don't want you to sniff them. Don't get too close to the receivers anymore. I yeah, forgot to say, don't, goodness don't goodness hurt
2: them. Don't
0: hurt them. We don't want to hurt them. Okay, so moving on. Um, I'll, I'll, stick you. I'll stick with you for the moment. Uh, so you go from being the new guy, right? Everybody's a new guy. Somebody who comes from junior college, high whatever. You start as a new guy. You go from being the new guy to a, a contributor, to a guy who's playing, starting. And then you become a leader on the team. Tell me a little bit, Keenan, about what that's like, to go from being the new guy to a contributor to a leader and what your leadership style is like. How do you lead?
2: Um, see, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys, when I, when I play with, they – they like to lead by example, uh, which which I do. I lead by example, but I'm also vocal. Um, you know, I'm the type of guy that you know when the team is down, when it, when the team needs to play, I'm going I'm going to let them know that you know it might everything might be hard right now, but if you got to keep focusing, keep grinding, keep 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 focusing on your keys, believe in your training, and you know we're gonna go out there and make some plays. And I hard I I, I make sure they got that installed in their head. But while I'm telling them that, I'm going to tell them we're going to make some plays, and I, I, I'm about to make this play right now, so I need y'all to go, come along with me, you know. So I'm, I like to get everybody riled up and fired up. You know, I like I like to get – actually, well, uh, the DB core that we had this year, um, I actually made it to where we, we competed every play. Like, you know, I was like, I'm going to get – I bet you I get to this, uh, the interception before you do this game, or I bet you I get more tackles than you this game because, you know, it's – that it's that competitive the thing when you competing against another team, but also you know what I'm saying when you pushing everybody else on your team to be the best. You know that's a, that's a, I think mean, that's why you know we, we were so successful as our team as just in general because everybody wanted to be the best. Everybody wanted to compete in every aspect. You know whether it was watching more film, um, who, was comp- who was who was watching more film in the week, who had more interceptions, made more plays during during practice, um, things like that. You know so. I I was really big on, you know, getting everybody to be the best that they can be.
0: Okay. And the same question for you, Jerome. Tell me about that process of going from being, you know, once again, the new kid, right? And you're wearing number 38. You're at the bottom of the depth chart, and nobody calls your name. They call you from, you know, your hometown or because how you look or whatever it is, some whatever nickname they slap on you, and then eventually they learn your name, then you start playing, you start making big plays, and then, you know, become a you know, starter, and then, once again, you develop into a leader. Um, Tell me yeah. about that
3: process well, I was, and how you. get yeah. um, first First, you just got to gain the respect for your teammates. At first, you got to show them that you actually can make plays out there and you can, like, gain their respect for, like, the older guys when you first step on campus. So when I first – like, I saw a guy named Joe P. He was, more like, more of a vocal leader and stuff on the team when I first got there. And uh, I just watched him growing up. So when I became the leader of the team, I was more like the lead by example type of guy. Like I wouldn't be vocal all in the guy's face or nothing like that. I would more like sit him down and tell him like what he did wrong and stuff like that. It depends on what type of person it was. You know, different people respond differently to certain situations. And so, like, I was more like the lead by example type of guy. Like, folks, folks, like, they was like, they was like, why you not, why you don't be more vocal on the field? Because I used to, like trash talk a lot. Like, I love competition. I hate to lose. And I was like, I was like, man, I'm not like that rah rah type of guy. Like, I'm rah rah towards like receivers and stuff. Like, that's my type of energy. Like, I like to get like that's how that's how I see off.
0: Okay. And I believe. I've been joined by Michael. Is that uh, Michael as well has joined us? Hello? Does that – yes, there he is. Okay, hold on for just a moment. Um, I will be with you momentarily. I've got uh, Jerome Smith and Keenan Johnson with me as well. Michael, if you'll hold on for just a moment, I will be with you in the, just a moment. Okay. Thank you, thank you. So I'll stick with you for the moment, Jerome. Every team has some sort of challenge, right? Sometimes it's you have a change in the coaching staff. Sometimes you get hit by a bunch of injuries at at certain positions. Sometimes, for whatever reason, you you just get off to a bad start, right? Everything else is in line. You feel like you should be off to a good season and just for whatever reason, failure to launch, whatever you want to call it. Tell me about how you and your team have dealt with adversity when it's come, and tell me about some of the adversities with whom with which you've dealt
3: in your career. Well, first off, for us, like team-wise, um, when I first when I first um, got to Georgia State, um, my redshirt year, they went uh, one in eleven, and it was probably it was like bad. It was like bad, so they like brought in like a whole bunch of new people, like strength strength coaches and all that, so. Doing it like we worked, like the summer conditioning and spring conditioning, it was it was healthy, man. Like, we, we was out there in 10 degree weather, like, they was like shorts and t shirts, no hoodies on. They were making guys take off their leggings, uh, you know, you had to wear the same type of socks, everybody had to, had to wear the same type of socks, so they were just like building like that mental toughness in us. And, Actually, like, going into, like, my shirt freshman season, we ended up going, like, to a bowl game. We lost to San Jose State, but, like, that was our first bowl game in history. So going into, like, my sophomore year, you know, everybody got their confidence. We got, like, our whole team coming back, basically, and kind of guys, like, got the big head. So we ended up going three and nine. And, like, the next year after that, like, we ended up winning our first bowl game we ended up going, like, to the same bowl game twice in Orlando. So, like, the first time around, it was, like, you know, guys were doing stuff they need to do. Guys were getting in trouble mm. and stuff like that. So the second time around, we already knew, like, we had to handle business this time. So we ended up winning our first bowl game in history And, like, so, like, um, with me, like, I broke my hand twice, two times in a row, uh, my freshman year and my sophomore year. Uh, and I was basically, like, depressed and stuff because I was having a great year, and, uh, like, our team was winning and stuff, and, like, you know, the injuries, that do it to you, like, it's really about, like, mental toughness, like, how you just go respond to it. Like, I had to play, like, uh, freshman year, I played six games with a Cavs, and sophomore year, I played six games with, it with like, a club on. So, yeah, man, it's basically, like, what you go do to like, respond. Like, basically, like, I tell people all the time, like, life is like a roller coaster. you go to have your ups and your downs. It's just God, where just testing you, see how you're going to respond to certain situations.
0: Okay, excellent. Same question for you. And then right after this, uh, Keenan, I have a quick question for Michael, though I'll come back around. <coughs> Sorry. Same question for you, Keenan. Tell me about, I mean, obviously, just having to go to junior college to some extent is almost, a good example, but uh, some of the other things that have happened in your career in terms of adversity and how you dealt with it.
2: Um. Yeah. Uh, the main, yeah. You know. You said how junior college. You know. That was a big. That was that was a big adversity, big humbling experience. But you know. Also, when I got to the four year. Um. Like I said, when I first stepped in, I was starting right away. But the thing that I didn't understand, you know, coming from junior college, going to a four year, is that playbook is a whole different thing. It's a whole entirely different thing. So when I first stepped in, you know, I'm I'm doing my best, making plays and things like that, making as many plays as I can. But the more and more you get into it, the more it shows you if you're in your playbook or not. So you know, I say I say my biggest adversity uh, coming in was just you know getting 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 to know how that that playbook and knowing how committed you got to be to it and uh, things like that. You know, in football. And hey, especially the higher the, the higher level you get to, you gotta be committed in all aspects of it. It's film, your playbook, your your training and things like that. So yeah, I say the biggest thing was we was, was getting into that playbook. You know, I I never really had any any injury or anything like that. So, you know.
0: Well good. <laughs> you know what you don't know want injuries. Injuries are not what you want. Uh, but <laughs> as as he knows. Uh, but I'm going to bring Michael in real quick. Now, I'm going to take a shot at this. Is it Kwege uh, Ata? It's Kwege Ata. Okay, Ata. Kwege Ata. Okay. Um, first, so tell me a little about your early, early, earliest, earliest days as an athlete. How you got started, who started you, and what sports you played when you first started as a young athlete.
4: Uh, well, coming from a um, – it's soccer nation, you know. I was rich. I was originally born in, U- in the UK, so soccer was basically was really really big to me. And when I came to the United States, I was like four years old. You know, soccer, basketball. You know, I did AAU back in you know high school and all that. But football came last minute. Um, you know, I had a lot of friends that you know just keep pushing me to play football, and I wasn't with it until my junior year <laughs> in high school, where you know I was like, you know, what, let me try this. You know, this I got the size. You know, I'm aggressive, so. <clears throat> I tried to just to you know be with my friends to, just to have fun and play with it. But after my junior year I just I started to realize that, you know, this is I could probably take this to the next level. You know, you know, my coach Coach Connor, um my high school coach keep on telling me, Hey, you keep working hard, you know, this this can be for you. And I didn't believe him until college coaches start coming to my high school and then I was like, you know what, he's I guess I guess gotta take this seriously. So, you know, early I never expected to play college football at all. Like I I was hoping to play maybe soccer or Basketball, college ball, and you know everything's spot. You know by uh, God's grace, it just it was. Well, I guess it was meant to be to play. You know college football, so uh, I take this as a you know a lot journey. You know because I also went to the JUCO route, and uh, you know I love it ever since. But yeah, that's that's how I started my my uh, my young years.
0: Okay, and as you mentioned, you know you you had American football, right? Not not soccer, not rugby, um, but American football came to you latest of all your sports. So I'll stick with uh, football, right? Uh, soccer, as you yeah. grew up playing that. Uh, tell yeah. me a little bit about uh, what kind of player were you like? Who to whom would you compare yourself? Who might be in like one of the Premier Leagues, or you know, or what are, you know who who, who, uh, who would be one of the players <laughs> that you grew up admiring? You know, playing football as the rest of the world, other than America, does.
4: Yeah, um, for me, um, you know, my friend friend is originally from Ghana, so, you know, I'm African, so, you know, soccer is big. But uh, one of my favorite players, one of my favorite, my favorite team is Chelsea. So I'm a a big Chelsea fan. And one of my favorite players is um, D.D.A. Dropout. He was a striker. He's from um, Cote d'Ivoire on Ivory Coast. And, um, yeah, he he was one of my favorite players. And also Michael Essien, He was originally from Ghana, too. So it was one of my favorite players. You know, I, I admire those guys, you know. African football in general, all that. And um, it just, it's crazy. I never thought, I never thought, you know, I'll be playing American football, you know, but I love it. I love it.
0: Okay. And then you mentioned you played uh, basketball at a fairly high level.
4: Tell yep. me a little about your game. Uh, to whom would
0: you compare yourself or what sort of game did you have as a basketball player?
4: Uh, as a basketball player, I was mostly uh, a defender. Uh, you know, I, I was trying to guard the best players. You know, on each uh, on opponent, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a am uh, a sneaky shooter, sneaky three point shooter. I should say, mid range I was pretty good. Getting to the rack that was my main thing. But overall, I was just uh, I was a uh, a defensive guy. You know, getting every boards. You know, you know, troubling every def- uh, opposite player. And you know, that, I just basketball just you know, it's it's crazy because you know I just uh, AAU. I've seen I've been I've been guys with you know playing the top level, playing NBA right now. Like one of my best friends playing NBA for the Knicks. um, no Noah Valet. So like. Oh. A lot of great guys, great athletes. Yeah, so I've been a lot oh, of great yeah. athletes. You know, yeah. So it's it's been it's been fun. But my my type of player, I was. I just I was just mostly a player. You know, like to play defense and you know try to play against okay. um, stop the opponent best player. That was my type Got of guy.
0: So sort of like like Trevor Ariza, sort of Doug Christie, like that kind of Bruce. Bowen,
4: yeah, like, that kind like, of like like yeah, like you know, Khrone uh, uh, Butler, those type of players. You know, just Tony Allen okay. type of guys. You know, yeah. <laughs> there you that's go, TA
0: Tony. Allen. There you go. Okay.
4: Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> That's a that's a guy that that will give you a couple of bruises if the ref has to look at. Okay, okay, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I can see Tony. I putting a few pounds on Tony and turning him into an outside linebacker. He's got kind of a rough got <laughs> <off a> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hang on for a moment. I I'm gonna have a few more questions for the guys that were on ahead of you, and, but don't go anywhere, fellow spark. So. Okay. I'm going to hop back to Jerome. So, Jerome, you fought through – I mean, it's hard to play with a club. I don't care what position you play. I mean, obviously, we usually think of offensive and defensive linemen. We see them play with a club all the time, cage linebackers. It's almost impossible to play with a club. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like, quarterback and wide receiver are the only other two positions I can think of where it would be as hard or harder to play with a club. How did you do that? How did you adapt to playing with really only one hand?
3: Yeah, so actually I did it two straight years with a club on. So, like, my first year when they put it on, I was like, man, I don't know. I'm like, man, I don't know about this one. So, like, what <laughs> but, but it just made me really just, like, like you say, like, focusing more, like, on my film study and, like, as far as, like, it got me better, like with my technique, because I couldn't use my other hand how I wanted to, so my technique got way better. So actually, I think that was my best two years when I did have the club on. When I finished out because my shirt freshman season, I led the conference in PDU's, and like, right. Um, and like my sophomore, my sophomore year, um, I, I ended up finishing third um, in the nation according to PFF as, far as like lower passer the allowed. So it just made me yep. like just reel in, like on my technique. Like, I was, like, technique savvy out there. Like, there's certain stuff that, like, I couldn't do. Like, at the time, I was disappointed. But now I look back on it, like, it made me a way better player. And also a way better person off the field. Also, like, how I responded to it. Like, you know, you get depressed and stuff when you get injured and stuff like that. Like, the injuries, mm-hmm. like, ain't no joke. Especially like, going around, like, my second time, like, I had to tell, like, my family, like, I broke my hand again in the same spot. And I had to have, like, the same type of surgery. So, but, yeah, I was very fortunate for it, just looking back on it.
0: Okay. So I'm not trying to make you sad, but I'm going to stick with this one more moment. How many interceptions do you think having the club might have cost you? How many more balls do you think you might have picked off if you had two (sighs) good hands?
3: Man, it cost me a lot. Like I say, man, I had a lot of PBUs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the offensive coordinator yeah, yeah. in the box, like God oh, the guy with the club on, was going that with every play. <laughs> but nah, man, it, yeah, it cost me a lot of picks though. But like I say, I got, I got like my technique got way better. Like I learned how to use like my feet more, my hands, like my technique, my eyes. Actually, my eyes like it got way, right. way better because. It was crazy out there. And, like, basically, like, like in practice, like, basically, the games was easy to me, to be honest. Because so in practice, like, we had guys like, you know, like Penny Hart. He's supposed to get drafted this year. And, like, <laughs> oh, he's, he's going Davis. to
1: get drafted. Yeah, he's
3: going to get drafted. Yeah, we had a dude named Robert Davis. He got drafted in the sixth round two years ago with the oh. Redskins. Oh, Robert
0: Davis is a freak.
3: Yeah, man. So basically, like, in practice, like, it was like head-on competition. Those guys made me way
0: better. It was crazy. I bet. Well, since you're giving me some guys, who are some other guys? Like, in your career, who are the best guys you've lined up with and the best guys you've lined up against in in your career? Um, I actually, um, when I first came, it was
3: actually a corner named Craig, um, maker. He played with Texas state. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That was a guy really, um, like I I watched this film. I like, Oh, he's a dude. I think he ended up getting drafted like third round that year. Um, mm-hmm. it was a dude for, um, Monroe named Trey Caldwell. He was a corner that got drafted a couple of years back with the Browns. Um, Receiver-wise, uh, it was actually a guy on Troy. I think he's coming out this year named uh, Damian Willis. He was actually good. Um, I went up against Calvin Hart on NC State. And um, like Kenny said, uh,
0: it was a
5: good dude. It was a good hold,
0: hold on. I need you to stick with Calvin Harmon for a moment because that's yeah. another guy who's about to play at the next level. Uh, break him down a little bit. You you're a student of the game. What were his strengths? What were his weaknesses? And how did you decide to approach playing him?
3: Um, basically, I was like, cause like um, he tried to get physical with you. Also, like the line of scrimmage. So basically, like you just have to get physical back. Cause he got strong. Like he got strong hands. He
5: mm-hmm. actually
3: got me like on the stop and go, and I actually actually get a, got him back like on a post right later that game. But it, yeah, he's a strong dude. He got like strong hands. Like. He can make contested catches at, at like any route like most like I see like kinda like scouts try to pick on like his route running. Nah, he he's a he's a good route runner. Mm hmm. He's a he's a, like I I be seeing like people try to call him like stiff and stuff. I'm like, nah, he's a good yeah. athlete out there. He's a real
1: oh, yeah. athlete.
0: Well you know, you know what he reminds me a little bit of, but he's of a little not not quite as quick, but he reminds me a little bit of speaking of NC State he runs with Keenan Allen.
3: Yeah. I don't, I won't say he won't he won't like not as shifty as him but like
0: yeah no he's not that. as quick as Keyshawn no 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 I, you know. yeah, he's if he were yeah. you'd have you'd have a much harder game but yes he is he is uh, <laughs> I think people I think we'll underestimate him though like you said I think we'll under I think he's gonna have he's not gonna be a superstar but he's gonna be a starter for eight to ten years the next level I think
3: yeah he's good and I thought do a thing um, Coxie on Memphis number ten. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny probably knows who that is. Now, he was. is quick. Now, that's a quick yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah those guys, okay. guys were,
0: yeah, those guys were good. And, and, and take me through your teammates, uh, Robert Davis and Penny Hart. Well, uh, obviously two very different kinds of receivers, but tell me about them. What, were the, what was it like them and diagnose, You know, how did you approach playing them, strengths and weaknesses? little thumbnail scouting report.
3: Uh, basically, with Penny, uh, I try to use my speed more because he's more of a shifty guy. He's more, he's like more quick than fast. Like that mm-hmm. guy, like as you can see, he was around guys up at the Cimbol ease. And so, like Penny, like he's a dog. Also, like his like his mindset, like he's he's like he's kind of like me. We both like he like we had we went through a lot of fights in practice because you know me and Penny like. Yeah. We didn't come in together, but, we, like, I redshirted, so basically we came out together, so we both coming out this year, so, yeah, it was basically a lot of fights and practice and stuff like that, but it was all love at the end of the day, and, like, Rob, like you say, Rob is like an athletic freak, like, like you got to bring your A game with him, like, he's 4-4, he's like eleven nine broad, you know, like, yeah. Like a 43 life? and a inch vertical or something, yeah, something crazy. Uh, yeah, like a 40-and-a-half yeah, inch like vertical. And he actually can play football, not just like put the combine results out there. Because, you know, some guys just combine do Some guys are just football players. But Rock can also, like, play, like, football. Like, I think he was going to – like, I know he was going to have a great year in the NFL this year, but he actually ended up getting hurt in the preseason. He broke his um, leg and tore his ACL in yep. the same place, so uh, yeah, <clears throat> but, yeah. I talked to him. I talked to him every day. And, like he'll be back. Like the main thing with him was just like keeping his mind straight. You know, like like this was his first major injury. and, You know, I've already been through injuries and stuff. So you know, like guys be depressing stuff. So I just try to keep him up every day and things
0: of that nature. Well, there you go, flashing that leadership. Uh, Keenan, same question for you. Uh, tell me a little bit about some of the best guys you played with and against, and give me a little, you know. Quick else scouting report. You know, one sentence, two sentences on each one of those those guys you faced that really impressed.
2: Um, yeah, I played I played with and I played against uh, a lot of great guys um, from going down from JUCO to when I played at UCF. But actually, the the best the I played play, you know Mackenzie Milton. Mackenzie Milton was oh. a dog. Um, oh, he was
5: just,
2: he, he was just different from a lot a lot of people. His mentality, he had that he had that swagger that you don't see from a lot of guys, you know. Um, he the type of guy that you know. You, you, sometimes at a DB, you like to talk trash at the quarterback so he can throw your way, you know, and uh, so you can try to make a play on the ball. But he the type he not he's not gonna shy away from you. Um, so he he was he was one of one of the better one of the better guys mentally and, uh, and and on the field that that I play uh play with. But honestly, the best guy that I actually played with or against was it's his cat it's his guy's name Ramayah Marshall. Um I played with him at my JUCO a San Mateo and that he, he was five five eight, slot wide receiver, but was a dog. Uh he would run any he would line up at running back, he'll line up wide, he'll line up in the slot and he would just do that. And out of out of the Ju out of everybody I played against at JUCO and everybody I played against at UCF and played with, he was by far the the best player that um I ever had to go up
0: against.
2: a lot. Of, it was a lot
0: of talent out there. Well, I love that you, you picked, because that's a, you know, that's not a, people would be expecting you to say Greg McRae or McKenzie or. Right, I mean, right, you're right. The guys at your school, and then you guys go up against, as you said, I mean, you saw Ed Oliver, who's going to go in the first probably five to ten picks of the draft. You, you uh, right. Greg Ward, was Greg Ward still there when you got to UCF? Was he still at UCF, or was he
2: gone already? you got to UCF? No, he, I think he was gone. I think he was gone.
0: He was gone already.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you
0: you've seen some dudes. <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: number three for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dale Henderson's about to go in the first probably you know four or so rounds of the draft. I yeah, you've seen some dudes. Uh, now where did that kid end up? The the kid you met when you were, ran across when you were at San Mateo.
2: Um, he actually he actually didn't get didn't get go to a big uh division one program because of his size uh a lot of i guess a lot of schools wanted uh like you know those six foot plus five eleven receivers you know he's a five eight guy but so he ended up he ended up going he wanted to go d one so he ended when he didn't get d one offers he actually set out a year you know what i'm saying so he can try to you know get continue to try to live his dream of going d one but when that didn't work out, he ended up going to i i believe missouri valley college. Um, so, yeah, he, he ended up going to Missouri Valley College, but he he was definitely I, 100% should have been a D1 athlete at one of the top D1s yeah. in the country, 100%.
0: I I 100%. Well, first of all, I, I think people get a little too attached to a mental picture of what a football player looks like. Darren Square right. has had an amazing NFL career, and he's had to prove people wrong at every turn. He had to prove them wrong in high school. People tried to tell him, what are you doing here? Little, little boy, you know, he was five foot exactly. one and a half or something when he first showed up as a ninth grader, and they're like, they thought he was somebody's little brother, you know, showed up, to he picked up, like,
1: exactly.
0: who, who are you looking for? It's like, I have bad soul. uh-huh, you know, and then he shows up, and once again, like, you, like a lot of you guys, he had to, you know, fight to show he belongs, get the Kansas to Kansas State, fight to show he belongs, fight the fight, and now he's, you know, like I said, 10 plus years in the league. Uh, I'm going to jump back to my friend Michael. Uh, you have an interesting journey as well, right? You go from uh, jolly old London, England. Uh, you play, you know, uh, what's the old, there's an old line about rugby versus versus soccer. Um, soccer is a gentleman's sport played by ruffians, and then rugby is a, is a ruffian sport played by gentlemen. But uh, you find yourself now, obviously, here across the pond, in the colonies, you're learning to play this new game, and then you get recruited of all things right how did, first of all, obviously, no one in your family has an entrepreneur, like this. How did you learn to handle the recruitment process and who
4: helped you to understand it? Um, to be honest i was I was really confused. I was like, how do these guys you know start recruiting me and all that but <clears throat> excuse me, um, when I started you know updating my huddle and all that, my, my, basically my head coach really helped me out with everything, all the recruiting, he really helped me out a lot because I really didn't understand it at that time. And eventually when, you know, got to my senior year, I started I to started understand the process, started going to the camps and all that. And it just, it was overwhelming. You know, it came so fast. Like I didn't, I never, I never expect this, you know, and um, like I said, I just took a day, uh, one day at a time and just, you know, and you're basically trying to enjoy the process, but Definitely, my head coach, definitely, he helped me out, all the recruiting part. Like, he, he, he taught me how it is and the grades and all that, so.
0: Okay. And who were your major rivals? Like, who, who were the teams, when you started playing football, uh, obviously you, you probably weren't immediately familiar with who you hate and why, but how did you figure out uh, who your major rivals were and, and who were the schools that you most enjoyed beating when you started playing football?
4: Um, I, I was I was aware, you know. I, I, like I said, I, I played basketball, so like even even the football field, we were all rivals, so like you know, Tuxbury, Methuen, you know, all those guys was um, Central Catholic and um, uh, Andover, you know, all those school, all those schools in Massachusetts, you know, uh, we we're all rivalries. So like I knew I knew who was teams, you know, to hate, and you know, and love to beat easily, you know. So that that wasn't that wasn't difficult at all when, when I get when I got on the field playing against those guys. It was that surprise. I'm like, oh man, now you playing football. Like, I was like, yeah, and then you know, balled out.
1: Okay,
0: got it. And now that you have been, I guess, guided to some extent by your by your coach, uh, what were the things you were looking for in your home? I guess, for lack of a better put it. What were you looking for in the place where you wanted to continue your your academic and your athletic career? What what were you
4: looking for, and how did you finally figure out which one was your home? Um, for me, I was just, you know, looking for somewhere, you know, education-wise to be help, help benefit me, you know, because, you know, my, my major is business, I, my business management, and I was looking for that mainly. And I was just trying just to just be home, you know, felt home. Coaching staff, you know, helping me out with my craft and all that. So that was that was the main thing I was looking for. You know, if this if this school is gonna help me, you know, get 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 me there. You know, to be a better person, character wise, all that. And obviously, eventually, you know, I couldn't go to none of the schools because you know, because of my grades. But overall, through through the process, that was that was the main thing I was looking for. You know, if this school is gonna help me out, you know, get to the next level or get me better and academic wise. You know, if that doesn't work, then you know, would I be ready? to be, be in the real world. So that's what I mostly look, look for in the recruiting process.
0: Okay. And as I've asked previously, uh, tell me about that quote unquote, welcome to college football moment. What was that moment where you suddenly realized, okay, this is very different from high school. This is not the film.
4: Um, <laughs> Let's see. Um, you talk about when I was in college, or high school. Uh, well, for you, you know, said you sort of wandered into football
0: accidentally. But when you got to college, what was the sort of you know cold slap
4: that woke you up that oh, this is something uh, different. This is not high school anymore. When you got to college, <laughs> um, basically, shoot, My one of my first practices uh, at Monroe my, at my College. Um, you know, the moved the move to middle linebacker, and, and um this guy named uh, Rob Johnson, uh, Jackson, uh, one of our running backs at that time. when I was a freshman and I went full head with him. He just, he just smacked me. I, I never expect that at all. I never been smacked like that before. And I was like, wow, this is, this is it, huh? I need, I need to get, <laughs> I need to get, I need to get, um, I need to get to the program. and Just, you know, start, start getting better and get stronger. Cause I've never been smacked by that by, by anybody when I, when I, when I started playing football. So that woke me up definitely.
0: Okay, so your your cold flat was literally cold flat. <laughs> what? <up? laughs> okay, got it. Well, you mentioned the weight room, and I think that's a very important thing um, for several reasons. Uh, first of all, I mean, you can't stay healthy uh, if you don't get in the weight room. I mean, beyond the whole make you a better player and things like that, uh, the other guys that are, are in the weight room, you don't want to be the what's the old saying? You want to be the you want to be the windshield, not the bug. So, uh, you come obviously sort of late to football. When did the weight room become important to you, and how did you
4: start to embrace lifting weights? Um, Definitely my freshman year at uh, my college. Um, That's the year I got rushed. I got they rushed me that year. You know, just you know, I felt like they rushed me that time. Just you know, started learning more within the game. You know, getting stronger because I was only about two. 2:15 <clears throat> 215 at that time and I end up being 230 after my freshman uh freshman year so definitely that that whole that whole process of just you know just meditating just you know getting stronger you know the coaching staff just you know pushing me to just get better cuz that you know that whole that whole <clears throat> excuse me that whole moment was uh, a perfect time for me just to you know get my mind right and you know be ready for the next year was my time to play
0: okay and once you and the weight room made friends, uh, tell me about what uh, – everybody has a favorite or a couple of favorite lifts, and then there's probably maybe some you don't enjoy quite as much, but you have to do them anyway. Uh, I was always a big squat person. Uh, when, I, when I went to school, we did a lot of what's called seated and standing military press. We didn't do so much um, hang clean or power clean, so I don't – you know, I, I it was – was, out of school. I was done with being an athlete, but I got introduced to those things. Like, oh, this is harder than it looks. Uh, and I did fairly well on butt press and stuff like that. Uh, incline and flat bench and whatever. We did that stuff. And uh, we, we hit the hip sled and all that good stuff. Uh, and we used to do a lot of weighted vest dips, which I don't miss not doing anymore. Uh, <laughs> but tell me about what you guys did and what were your personal records in some of, some of the lifts that you did?
4: Um, for me, like I was a skinny guy, but like, my upper body wise, I was a skinny guy. So like that, that was my main thing I needed to uh, work on was my upper body. Uh, squats. Like I was I had, I had big legs, so, you know, I, I could squat a lot, whatever, but upper body was mostly my, my weakness. So, you know, those times I was just, you know, I was just, you know, working hard, do extra pushups at night, you know, like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. I should go downstairs and do have like we had like a little gym. and just did some extra reps. And you know, like eventually, like, you know, I eventually got stronger. You know, got Baker, started finally hitting three plates finally, and you know, all that. And like, it was it was a great it was a great um, moment and experience where you know I'm, I'm getting stronger and I'm getting better. And for me, like, I finally hit like 340 on the bench, and I've never i never dreamed i would never thought I would hit that much in the bench, ever, but. That was that was my personal record for uh, benching wise, but okay. yeah,
0: yeah. And you said all those years of, of of soccer obviously made your legs strong. Tell me about your even though you didn't have to work on it. What, what were you like? We are five hundred pounds squat guy.
4: Where were you in the squat? Yeah, I was around like four hundred ninety five. Around almost I almost say five hundred. I'm I'm still I was still trying to get into that, but I was like uh, squat wise, I was in the, the high four hundreds. Yeah. Okay got it
0: yeah and um did you we you guys doing
4: power clean hang clean what was it, what were the other lifts you worked on yeah we did power clean hang cleans. um yeah that was that was a, that was our main thing we did it was mostly was power clean hang cleans and you know bench squats um and then we just ran basically We just ran a lot basically doing you know, a lot of drills and all that <laughs> stuff yeah okay <laughs> yeah. so yeah
0: yeah well that's yeah everybody does that
4: so so Power clean and clean. Uh, what were your personal records in those? Uh my uh, my hand clean was that was not my that was not my um, my favorite, but it's it was, nobody's um, favorite. Yeah, <laughs> it took me it took me a while to get to you know it took me a while to get up there, but it was it was around like two two seventy 270 something two seventy five.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. And your power yeah. clean was
4: like three three hundred five or something. Where are you yeah yeah power yeah, it's three, yeah 305 around there.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh same same question for you, Mr. Jerome Smith. Obviously, you know you're not a you know, you're a different size athlete, so I don't feel the need to yeah. keep up with Michael, but uh, and you keep breaking your hands, I can't help. But uh <laughs> tell me tell me a little bit about your weight room exploits and you know, we'll take in, into account the fact that you're a different sized person.
3: Yeah, so basically with my bench uh, I think my max is probably like two ninety five. Um, squatting wise, my, I got big calf muscles, so it was more like, um, like three, 385, 380, um, uh, hang cleans, like you say, hang clean, is not nobody favorite, but I think hang clean, I got up probably like, like two, 240, 235, like power clean, it was
0: like, um, 265, 270. Okay. Now now let's put this in perspective. What is your actual factual? What are you what's your actual height and weight?
3: Oh, I was five or probably I was five, nine,
0: Right. Right. So once we factor in the fact that you are a completely normal sized person, you can walk right down the street and nobody will even know you're a football player. You can buy your suits off the rack. Yeah.
3: That's crazy. Cause um, some some people in high school used to joke about that, like that linebacker. Cause they were like, "Man, you could walk into like a regular class and you won't get asked like no football questions." <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: right? Exactly. I mean, as long as you just don't wear your jacket or something, your sweats or whatever, nobody would ever know. Uh, yeah. Nobody
6: would ever know.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Uh, same question for you, uh, Keenan. What? Well, uh, tell me about the weight room and what role was played in your development as a player and your favorite or less than favorite uh, lifts
2: and what numbers you put up? Uh, yeah, actually, um, at our weight program at UCF we didn't really do we didn't really do like max out numbers. Uh, we just did we just did a, a set weight but a whole lot of reps. Um, so I can't really see, I can't give you a, a set number on my power cleans and things like that. But I know my my max for my bench that I ever did. I actually did it while I was at Juco, actually, and I think it was around about, like, 290, I believe, on my bench. Uh, We used to do bench press all the time. And then for my squat, my max on my squat was about four or five. So it it, it was – but the hand clean and stuff like that, we didn't really uh, focus on that, putting that much weight. But, yeah, I was actually my
0: strongest, you know, during Juco. Right. And that's the thing you find is especially if you – you know, if you either change schools or change strength conditioning coaches, you know, at one place you'll be doing a whole bunch of stuff with resistance bands, and another place you know, have you doing a bunch of stuff with medicine balls, kettlebells, flipping tires, dragging things, being dragged by things, just a million different ways to do strength and conditioning, and that's one of the cool things I like about doing what I do, is I get to find out, you know, I mean, once again, I've been out of school for a long time, so you know, I've, I would have no reason to sort of keep up with what things they're doing, but I've got to tell me, oh, we, we don't do this, or we, we might do a three-set max. You know, they don't let us do a one-set right, max, right. so we'll be And it's different, different places. Uh, so but i would to get an idea of sort of what's still going on out, out there in the world. And did you have your pro day yet, Kenan?
2: Uh Yeah, we had. I had my pro day on
0: Tuesday, actually. Okay, I, knew, I thought you might have had it recently. Uh, tell me how it went. And
2: uh tell me what numbers you put up um, Actually, the pro day it went it went pretty decent um i had you know tweaked my i tweaked my groin a little bit so i couldn't participate in all the drills but you know i did uh i did thirteen on the bench um i did thirteen on the bench and i did thirty three on the uh, vertical jump and on I, I after that i tried to when i was practicing for the broad jump and things like that, i actually tweaked my my going so, um, I was told just instead of just you know making it making it any worse, just to sit out for a little bit, stretch it out, things like that. So I was pretty upset about that because I was really looking forward to running my forty. Um, but I had to sit out on the forty, uh, the shuttle, and then I came back uh, to do my drills, my DB drills, and things like that. Okay. And uh, what was your official height and weight? Uh, I was five ten, one eighty six. Yeah, five
0: ninety six. Got it. And were there any particular teams that showed interest, uh gathered information from you, let you know that uh, yeah, you might the Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay showed interest in me. Um I spoke with other teams throughout the process, but um at Pro to Pro day, yeah, Tampa Bay they showed interest. Uh they asked they just asked me, you know, they they really wanted to see me run, but I I was also mad about that as well, but you know they like
3: my drills and things like that. So, is, it, is there
0: a good chance they might bring you in for a visit once you are actually able to run again?
2: Uh, yeah, they actually told me that you know they uh, wanted me to they they, they were going to get in contact uh, with me at their local day. So, you know, hope everything. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be I'm going to be a hundred percent by then. I'm actually uh, close to a hundred percent now with my
0: groin, so I'd be on the ball rolling. You know. Well, first of all, I'm glad that you're going to get a, a chance to show what you can do when you're, when you're healthy. That's super important. And I, I think Tampa Bay, for a bunch of reasons, is a, a, a possibly really good landing spot for you. They, they play a pretty um, intelligently aggressive uh, approach to playing the secondary division. I think that's something that fits you well. Uh, same question for you, Jerome. Uh, were there any teams that showed interest in you,
3: gathered information from you, anything like that? Yeah, actually, the um, Texans and the Ravens. They said that, that I um, looked well, and I did like I looked smooth in my position drills. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of teams I talked to throughout that that be contacted my agent. Uh, a lot of a lot of things go through my agent, but yeah, that was like two main teams at the um, pro day that came up to me, like gather information with
0: the Texans and the Ravens. Okay. Uh, I see I've been joined by another one of our guests from our segment two. So I'm almost done with the guys in the segment ahead of you, so hang out. Uh, somebody from the great state of Texas, I believe, has just joined us, so I'll I'll be with you in just a moment. Is that Mike? Is that you, Kimon, or is that just hopped on? Yes, sir Kimon.
6: Yes, sir, Kimon. It is.
0: Okay. Well guess what, Kimon, We're about to we're about to we're about to get into it. I have a million questions. So
6: hold okay. out there on the
0: outer outer room for a moment. Uh, as I wrap with my first two guests. Um, okay, all right. I'll be honest. I try not to be biased, but I am a little tiny bit biased towards the DBs as I used to play. It's I think it's one of the most difficult things to do, especially in the modern version of football, where I mean, they, they don't want DBs to prosper. They don't. Let's be honest. They don't They don't want us to prosper. They want to say, they want, right. oh, well, here, let's, let's Julio Jones. Oh, there's Antonio Brown. Oh, look at so-and-so. Here, look at end zone celebration. Hey, look! They all they make bowling pins or whatever. If but if we do what we do the way we we'd like to do it, there'd be no bowling pin celebration except when we pick a ball off and take it the other way. But let me just calm down. Let my bias go. Try to be a journalist here again. Uh, moving back to you, Keenan. Keenan, if yes, I were to, let's say I'm, I'm at a pro day and somewhere else in the country, where, you know, Montana, who knows where it is, and I'm at the hotel bar, and I see a, uh, an NFL scout getting a, uh, a lemonade or whatever, right, after a hard day's work, and I've got a few seconds, literally a few seconds of attention before he relaxes after the end of his long day. What play should I show that scout to make him want to see more of you? Uh, what No, um, I'll... So I'll get to you in a second. Oh, you... I'm going back to uh, Keenan, go ahead, Keenan.
2: Um, the play, the play that I'll actually show a scout, um, of me is a play that I had against Pittsburgh. Um, it was a, it was a play, I was in the slot, you know, they, 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 I first, I started off the play in the box as a linebacker, and then they bumped and motioned the receiver out to the field, so I bumped out, uh, guarded the slot, and I, I picked that play because, it showed, it showed how fluid I am. It showed my hips. It showed my feet. And it showed my uh, route reading ability. Um, you know, he tried to run a out route. Tried to, he tried to spin me inside to try to to get my hips locked. But I flipped my hips pretty fast and uh, broke up on the ball. The quarterback, that, that was the best pass the quarterback threw and hit the whole game because if he was just a little bit off, that was going to be a pick to the house.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, just, I, I just
2: had to hit it down for a PBU.
0: Got it. Okay, and uh, I'm going to go back to the, to the, one, to the one-handed man. Uh, Jerome, same question. If I'm, you know, I'm at Chipotle or wherever it is, right, and, you know, you see a guy in his polo and whatever, and it's like, okay, I don't want to bother him too long, but I'm going to show him this real quick because he'll thank me later. Uh, so I've got a few seconds where these guys are paying for our orders at Chipotle or wherever it is. What play do I need to show? I want to see more you say, oh, who's that? Who's that kid? Um,
3: 2017, uh, we was playing against App State. Uh, I was lined up in the boundary, boundary corner. They ran a stretch towards the field. Uh, the guy broke for, like, 50, 60 yards, and I chased him down. Oh,
0: Okay. Okay, that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, yeah. About wire hustle and, obviously, recovery speed. Okay, excellent. Um, I have literally my last two questions for my guys in the first segment. Then it will be Michael and Kimon. So um, I'll stick with you for the moment, Jerome. You were part of a legacy building time at your school, right? I mean, changing the direction of the program. So if you you could go back, and who knows, maybe you will go back, and talk to a bunch of young guys just coming into the program, you know, like you were a few years ago, and you're now the – I mean, it sounds weird to say but you're the old guy, right? You're, you know, I mean, you're 22, 23, but older. But you're coming back to talk to these guys about the legacy, about the program, about the opportunities and what they should do and maybe what they shouldn't do. What would you tell those young guys?
3: Um, i basically, like, tell the young guys, like, don't take anything for granted because in the snap of a finger you're going to be your freshman year and you're going to be wondering what did I do wrong or what did I do right. Um, stuff like that. And I basically just tell them like the first and first and foremost, like get your degree because you don't know what can happen. Like you can be the best mm. you could be the best guy out there, but injuries like like injuries happen, it's a ninety nine percent chance you're gonna get injured playing this game. So that'd be the first thing I tell them, get your degree and just don't take anything for granted. Don't think you got a lot of time because you don't. It only lasts forty five years.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Terrific uh same question for you if obviously we talked about you as a leader kenan you you're, you're standing before a bunch of guys you're you know you're going on to the next phase of your life but there's a bunch of young guys 17 18 19 years old who are just coming in what would you tell them about what the next few years of their lives are going to be like and what would you want to leave with them in terms of legacy
2: um i would i would try to tell them that you know the next few years of their life that the main thing is just to cherish the moments man because you and I know during the time it might seem like it's going to last forever, but, you know, like one one year you're a freshman, you take a nap, wake up, and then you're a senior, you know. It goes by fast like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I tell them, you know, to cherish the moment. And the main thing is to try to be better, try to be better every day in every aspect of your life, you know. Uh, try to be a better person, um, a better child, a better, a better everything, a better student, a better athlete. Always, uh, always tell my friends that you know try to be better every day in in everything you do, and I feel like that's going to take uh that's going
0: to take them a long way. Okay, and so obviously you're you're headed for the next level. Your last your last chance to be a fan is is about to expire in the next couple of months. Uh, right, right. But there's guys coming up going to become colleagues and competitors. So before that happens, tell me about your favorite guys to watch at the next level and why. Who do you like to watch when you put on a game and why? Um, actually,
2: I was a big, big fan of the Legion of Boom. Um, I used to actually when I, actually, when I went to my junior college, you know, I had the long dread. So I actually chose number 25 because of Richard Sherman. Um, Richard Sherman, he's been my favorite player since when, since, since the Legion of Boom days, because he's not the fastest guy. But he had, he had, But he, his technique is so, is so good. He, he's very patient at the line of scrimmage. He's physical at the line of scrimmage. Um, and he might, he, I know a lot of people say like he don't look athletic, but he, he's athletic enough to get the job done. And I love Earl Thomas game. Uh, the way that he flies sideline to sideline was just, and his motor is just, is, is, is crazy. Um, for so a guy to be that his size and he don't care if you're a tight end, uh, a fullback, he's going to hit you with everything he's got. So, I I and especially Cam Chancellor knocking knocking people helmets off. So I used to love watching him leaving the ball.
0: Okay, well Cam Chancellor from my neck of the woods, another tight water kid, seven five seven stand up. Right, but yeah, right. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, gotta gotta put on for my city. But uh, the I, that's a great group of guys. And the thing they all have in common: football intelligence. Every single one of those guys you named has right. a football intelligence is off the chart. Uh, now, Earl Thomas exactly. is a brilliant, amazing athlete. Cam is a freak. Was was freak as the athletic for his size. I mean, two hundred thirty-two pound defensive back. That's craziness. But uh, right. and then, as you said, um, Sherman had two things going for him. One is even though he's very long and strong, uh, seventeen bench reps with very long arms, 6'40", uh, But he had a good vertical, so he was able to. He was able to explode when he did go. You know, he might not get there. He might not get 50 yards, the fastest. But he might get five yards very, very fast. And right. when he gets there, right. he's got a lot. Of, he's got a lot of mass. At 212 pounds and 6'2" and, and an ace. he's a big corner, strong, stronger than a lot of safeties, stronger than a few linebackers. And but mostly, it's that brain. I mean, let's, let's be very, very honest. He's thinking the game a step or two ahead of most of the guys in the NFL. Right. Perfect. Um, great choices. Uh my last question is sort of an unofficial question. Uh, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh this question is more for the for the ladies. Um, what is your status? Are you seeing someone engaged, married, single, ready to mingle? What's the situation? Oh <laughs> no, I'm not engaged, but I actually have
2: a girlfriend. Um okay. yeah, I feel like it. I feel like in this in this day, you know, with this football and things like that, you gotta have somebody on your side that keep you grounded. So, yeah, I got I got I got a lady on my side, man. Right. Yeah, what's your What's your
1: special
2: lady's name? Uh, my special lady's name. I'm a I'm gonna give out her nickname because I don't want all my all my teammates try to follow up on Instagram and things like that, man. Oh.
5: Right.
2: <laughs> I give out an Instagram, man. So I'm a, I'm gonna give her a nickname. I'm gonna give, and that's my little baby E, man. That's
0: my hood baby right there. Okay. Well, you and the hood baby have a wonderful next, because it will be a crazy ride. Um, what's coming up? Right. There will be good parts and bad parts, and, you know, it will be all everything you can imagine and a whole bunch more. Uh, you will be thrown into a situation where you're expected to know things that you'd have no way of knowing. Coaches don't care. At the next level, the coaches is not care. They're not worried about you. They're trying to be better You know what I mean? Like, they don't have time for your feelings. They don't have time for you to, be free to make mistakes. They don't have time to teach you stuff. Uh, if you have a friend or a former teammate or anybody else who's in the league or has been in the league, be in their ear. I'm like, no joke. Be in their ear. Be in their DMs. Be in their whatever. What do I need to do? What's that? Blah, blah, blah. Because don't, you don't get to do it again in the NFL. They don't time. They don't care. The practices move lightly fast. So some people say the practices are easier. It's not quite true that easier. easier. Um, it's that they don't hit that much. So you only got 53 guys and only 47 you can keep uh, active. So you can't afford to yeah. hit a lot. <laughs>
1: right. practices move.
0: You blink and you miss your shift. Literally sometimes early in training camp, they call you for a rep and you don't get there. The, the next guy's already taking your rep. I'm not joking. You right. better be ready. <laughs> you better be You better be in like a, almost like a trash dance, ready for your rep. And so much you can steal a rep. If somebody's a little late, just jump on in there. They, they won't be mad at you for getting in an extra rep, but you are mad at the guy who's not taking that rep. That's who's going to get um, – What's the word I want to use. His will be thoroughly tenderized, I think is the way well, – I'll, I'll put it. So if somebody doesn't move and you're playing that, that's your position group, and somebody's supposed to be in, and they don't, they're they not ready, their helmet, they can't find the helmet, whatever it is, jump in and get an extra rep. You're, you're not from USC. You're not from Texas. You're not from, you know, Alabama. You get an extra rep, and do something with it. Get extra reps. Make them, make, make them tell you to stop jumping in line. Because that I means right. two things. One is they noticing you. And I hate to put it this way, but... <laughs> They don't know who you are at first. I mean, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but they don't know right. who you are. Make
5: right. them know who
0: you are. Hit somebody and lay them out. Pump coverage, kick coverage, whatever it is, find somebody and lay them out. You don't get hit that much. When you do get hit, I will, someone's feet better be twitching. <laughs> find somebody. I'm I saying make them know who you are. You only have a couple reps, only have a couple of chances. The reps are. Come fall between at The next level, man. I'm not joking. This is no joke. We are stingy with the reps. The next level. The starters, the guys they bring them back from last year, they don't get 80 something knives in the reps. Is it right? No. Does it make sense? Not really. But when you get a rep, and you can steal it, somebody, somebody's tying their shoe, they drop their helmet, they can't find their mouthpiece, whatever, it is, jump on in there. Make them send you. Make them send you back off. If they don't, if they don't send you back off, take an extra rep. Take every rep you can. Be a yeah, rep hog. Normally, I would advise you not to do that, except this, this,
1: this, this
0: is it. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is, this is it. Your practices are your games. When you're a, a guy who's drafted later, or undrafted free agent, practices are your games. They're going to put you in the game, but not, not right away at least. So, practices are your games. You need to be the guy that's telling him to dial it down. Hey, that's a little too much. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, too much. Don't be the guy that are having to push. Be the guy they having to pull back. That's how you have a shot because they're cut a bunch of guys who can't play. Most of the guys who get cut are guys who are to have to play. This isn't high school. This isn't college. The guys who get cut at this level are ballers. How do you survive when they're cut? Ballers, right? Jody Nelson couldn't find a job. He, he quote, unquote, retired because he, nobody wanted him. It's that hard at this level, at least not the price he wanted to play for, I'll put it that way. I mean, he was going to take a huge pay cut, he would have had a job in the NFL. But Jody Nelson was a killer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, two steps beneath Hall of Fame level player, and he couldn't find – that's why he retired. He couldn't find a job. They are cutting ballers in the NFL, ballers. So hit people. So if you're a defensive player, at least, hit people. And if you're on special teams and if you're on offense, you're going to be on special teams anyway unless you're, you know, Julio Jones or a quarterback or something. So, I mean, Antonio Brown, how do you first make his name in the NFL, people? How do you first make his name? How did Antonio Brown make the Steelers? Anybody know? Yeah. Thank a you. Oh, exactly. That's – we aren't even talking about Antonio Brown if he were – they had a bunch of – I mean, go back and look at the depth chart when these bras. That's <laughs> better. They had a pretty decent bunch of – I mean, high board, not too shabby. Mike Wallace just came in the second round. I mean, they had a bunch of line <laughs> Linus Swede. I mean, Linus Swede didn't actually pan out, but he was another high round draft pick. They, he was. You guys talk about being down on the depth chart. Now it's not like Junior Copper thirteenth or something crazy like that, but he was way down the depth chart. They brought him in for. You don't draft him in the sixth, think he's going to be a superstar anyway. But they brought him in for, for, for special teams. And guess what? He killed it. <laughs> he killed him on special teams. And he's done, you know, embarrassing people in
1: practices.
0: And they're just like, well, maybe we should go to the ones. And the rest is history. So, special teams coach, man, be in his hip pocket. If you aren't working on special teams every day, and I mean, every day, if you aren't working on something on special teams, if you're a linebacker and want to go snap, I'm not joking, I'm not a joke. If someone asks if you can do it, make the answer be yes. If you're a tight end, work on long snapping. If you're a DB, work on recovering, recovering and, and receiving uh, punts, kickoffs, whatever. C- catch at least 15, 20, 25, 30 punts. Catch some kickoffs. Uh, if you don't have a kicker who will kick to you, get a Jeb gun. Point it at the sky. So if someone says, hey, you know I return kick yet? Yep, yep, yep. You got to do Can you cover it? Yes, Chris can. That was a DB. So the personal part protector? sure, why not? The more, this is how you manage not to get cut. This is the last one thing I'll leave you first two with. Make it so that if they cut you, they've got to bring two guys in to replace you and the math doesn't work. I'm not joking. Make it so that if they cut you, because you're on so many special teams it's like we've well, we got to bring in two guys to replace them and the math doesn't work. Now we've got to cut, cut another guy. So if you're on PAT block, if you're on pat protection, if you're on punt block, if you're on punt, you're on um, uh, punt return or punt coverage, kickoff return, kick coverage, they can't cut you. You're too many things. It make it make it impossible because of the math. So work on special teams to the point that you are. I mean, there's some guys. I mean, Matthew Slater is the is, is Bill Belichick's second favorite Patriot. And sometimes his first favorite pitcher, because sometimes he and Tom always get along, you know, you, you, you didn't hear from me, but you heard. Uh, and sometimes it's on the whole ton team is Matthew Slater, his special teams captain. Matthew Slater got away from As soon as they got a chance, they brought him back. If, if he signs for another team for more money, as soon as they can get him back, they'll bring him back. in they'll bring him back as a coach. Mark my words. He's got a coach for Belzec. Unless Belzec finally retires, who knows when that will be. But he's Maggie Slater is one of the Belichick's favorite guys ever, Russell Teamer. Gentlemen, uh, please, the first two, uh, Keenan, it's been a pleasure and honor and privilege. I will be keeping in contact with you. If, um, if you do have your Pro Day numbers, uh, I do appreciate getting those from you because I'll be using that to build out your profiles. So uh, both Keenan and also Jerome, look for an email that you should get either later today or at the very latest tomorrow. In that email will be questions similar to the questions we went over today. Uh, answer them and then return that with a photograph of yourself. And in the next probably seven to nine days, I'm sorting through a bunch of other articles. But in the next seven to nine days, your profile should be up on Nuts and Bolts Sports. And additionally, I'm doing some some work with the guys at Draft Bible, so I may be also putting together like a list of the best players who didn't get invited to the combine. Uh, Kimon Hall who's one of the people who Talk to him in a second, who will be uh, very much regarding that. Uh, so once again, I want to thank both of my first two guests for their time and their town and their attention. You will be hearing from me. Take care, and best of luck to you. Thank you. All right, thank you. My pleasure, my pleasure. Okay, Mr. Hall, you and I yes, sir. are going to spend some time together. Uh, also, I've got Michael with me, and I think our next couple of guests may join me as well. Hold on for just a moment. So, okay. Mr. Hall, Kimon, if mm-hmm. I will, I want you to tell me about your your upbringing, your youth. Uh, your, where are you from, and who introduced you to, to participating in sports? Who got you started?
6: Okay, well, I'm from the um, small town, Calum City, Mississippi, old country town. I grew up the country way uh, when I was younger. I pretty much, we used to play outside in the yard. I mean, we didn't really know. We knew what football was. We didn't like understand the game, but we played, pick them up and kill them, and all those <laughs> little fun games. Yeah, but like growing up, me and my brothers—that's that's all we did. And uh, like um, we used to watch my. Um, uh, I had an older cousin. We stayed. He stayed in the house with us. Like his mother stayed out in the country, but he stayed in town with us. Like with my grandmother. And, like, we used to watch him play football growing up in high school. we will watch him play high school ball. And, like, we'd see him bring home his jerseys and stuff like that. And, like, Cal City, we got, like, we take pride in, like, our high school football. And so, like, I wanted to be, I was looking up to them. I was, like, I wanted to be uh, do the same thing. Babies do the same thing they doing. And, like, we, I don't know, I just built a love for the game. And, like, I found, like, growing up, my granddad, he was a big hunter and fisherman. So, like, I, I used to be around him all the time. That's where I got my love and passion for the outdoors. And, like, pretty much we, we just so – I grew up in a single mom home. My dad, he was uh, in and out of prison, like, my younger my younger age. But, like, okay. my son, he got out my senior, my senior year during um, football, the playoffs. He got to come. Like, the day he got out, he, he drove straight from the – where my uh, stepmother picked him up and drove him straight to the football game. So, he seen me. Play my second huh. round uh, playoff in uh, high school. Yes, sir. But like he good now though. But um, other than that, I'm just a country country kid. I used to, like during high school, I worked at a farm. like on a ranch, working with mm-hmm. cattle and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Huh. okay.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Uh, excellent, excellent,
0: excellent. Okay. Um, hence the uh, I know your old Twitter handle used to be Sipkid, a sip kid. So I guess that. Having yeah. grown up in uh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, in your in your area where you grew up, were there other guys who were playing sports, uh, gone on to play college ball or even uh, other sports? Ah, uh, yeah, yes,
6: sir. We had um, we had a lot of guys that go JUCO the JUCO route and play like some smaller D two schools, smaller D two schools, but they didn't um like get a chance at the NFL. But it's just you know, uh, MD Jennings. Oh the, yeah, uh, yeah. I with, that. The, with the Seahawks, the yeah. That Mary play like he from California. Oh yeah, from my hometown. We real close, real close okay. friends too. Yeah, oh, no. and, um, Cornel- Cornelius Wortham. He played at um, Alabama. Yeah, and, uh, I remember him. He, Cornelius died, he played a couple. He- yes, sir. He played a couple years in the league. So I think injuries that, uh, caught up with him.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: And, okay, but that's, yeah. but that's about that's about it. The MD and Cornel- Cornelius.
0: Okay. And uh, is that, is Arian Archie also me? Yes, sir.
6: Okay,
0: so I've got Arian, I've got Michael, I've got Kimon, and who else? Okay. Maybe that's all. I'm going to swing back to Michael. Thank you very much for your patience, Michael. I was wrapping up yep. the one group and bringing one on the next one. So, uh, you talked talk me through your introduction to football, which came later than most because, once again, you were born in another country, came to here as a child, uh, played other sports, were pretty good at other sports. Then you get introduced to in football. Football is hard and complicated, <laughs> but you learn to love it nonetheless. Uh, then you even you know, find your way to college football, which is a challenge for even someone who's been playing since they were very young. Tell me about what allowed you to move up, to climb the depth chart, coming in sort of as a sort of thinner guy who played a bunch of other sports and now becoming a full-time
4: football player. Um, yeah. When I started, you know, high school, um, my junior year, I didn't, I didn't even start until, the, until my week, week three of the season um, in high school. So, like, ever since then, it was, you know, sky was the limit. And I just, you know, kept working hard to start learning the plays, trying to understand more about the game. And then when I got to Juco, you know, in Monroe College in New York, you know, like I said, um, freshman year, I didn't start, I, I got frustrated, you know, because I didn't get bigger and stronger. And, you know, the final year, I finally started and, you know, I just, I just blow off, you know, let the team in tackles. It was an all-conference at, uh, at, uh, at Monroe. It just you know like, like I always say this you know it's a, it's a, it's a long journey. Um, I never expected, but you know like I said, everything everything happens for a reason. And I just thank God, you know, just finally, I finally switched up to play football because you know it's it's I've been a lot of guys. It's been a great experience. You know, challenges. You know, I've been frustrated sometimes. You know, just it's, it's like an up or down thing. But you know, overall, it's a learning experience. It's you know to better yourself as a man. So. You know, I, I really appreciate, you know, playing this, this sport, you know, meeting a lot of great people overall. Okay. And you went through an initial recruitment process.
0: Now, when you're going from a junior college to a four-year institution, you're now going through a re-recruitment process. And, of course, you were completely new to it the first time, having grown up, once again, immigrant parents. Nobody around you had any understanding of really anything about American football. Now. You're, you've learned enough to make some decisions. Tell me about your quote-unquote re-recruitment going from uh, Monroe to your four-year.
4: Uh, it, was, it was crazy. Um, like, I had, I had some, you know, big uh, major schools, programs, talked to me and all that. And then, you know, like Western Kentucky, I, I thought I was going to go to Western Kentucky at one point, and then their coaching staff left, and I had lots of connections to that. You know, I talked to Kansas, New Mexico, like you know, those, same thing, you know different, different um, coaches changes and all that. And it's just some of them just didn't pull me to offer. They're just, you know, just interested, you know, it's one of those like, oh, if we don't get this guy, we'll come to you, you know, that type of thing. And I understand it's a business and all that, but I want, I wanted to be in a school where they wanted me to help them out. So, you know, then, you know, Norfolk State came by, you know, talked to FAMU and then you know, Oxford Park Bluff, HBCU schools, you know, so it was, it was in the beginning, it was, it was, you know, a I thousand I go somewhere, and then you know, it comes coaching chases and all that. It Just it was frustrating, you know, in the beginning. It was really frustrating, but I knew I knew how it is. I have to be patient, you know, just you know, take my time, just working, you know, keep working my craft, and you know, the opportunity will come. So.
0: Okay, and obviously, you know, you you eventually found a home. Tell me about what made you select the office state out of. You know your other options, and what was it like settling in and and getting comfortable there?
4: Uh, I chose Notre State, you know, because I went there for a visit. You know, I felt welcomed. You know, I like the players that you know, you know I like the players there. It was, I felt like I, I believe I felt like you know this team was you know was a better fit for me. You know, overall, but, you know, overall I want I want to win. You know, and when I you know went through all the schools I had. I felt like Norfolk State was the better it was a better option for me to you know to have a chance to have a winning season, and you know like I said the coaches was fine you know they 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 walk, they had walking arms with me and you know you know they you know they talked to me they believed in me and you know like I said overall it was like a good it was a good vibe when I went to North State you know just you know like the school you know the players in general you know some you know some of them you know right now they all you know one of my best friends right now so you know that's that that made me my decision to come to Norfolk State.
0: And in terms of the staff, uh, who on the staff maybe had the greatest influence over you and who on the staff, it might be the same person, uh, did the most to develop you in your time there?
4: Um, coach, this guy, uh, Coach Tenuto, um, he actually, you know, uh, he just left this offseason to go to a UTEP. Uh, coach Tenuto was, you know, he, he's, he was definitely my favorite coach at Norfolk State. Um, he helped me out throughout throughout my two years there. Um just you know he's he's a, he was he's a cool he's a cool guy you know calm guy but he also he wants he wants the best you know he wants when he wants you he wants you to work hard and you know just you should, you should give him the uh, 100% so definitely he, he just went to um, Utah to uh, Utah so I know he's going to do a great job over there you know so I was always I calling always calling the goat cuz you know he, he he's a smart guy he's a young coach but he's he's a smart guy smart guy you know, in general so coach Nuno definitely was uh, one of my favorite coaches at no State.
0: Thank you. And last but far from least, I have Arian Archie, who I have been long, long, long wanting to get, get a chance to, to. well, first of all, ask a bunch of questions. So I'll start with the beginning. We'll go to the very, very beginning of the beginning. Arian, when did you first get introduced to athletics, and what sports did you play when you were very young?
7: Yeah, thank you for having me, Um. So uh, I got introduced into uh, basketball, baseball, and football probably when I was about eight or nine. Um, my mom and my dad always wanted me to have some type of thing to do so I wouldn't have too much free time or whatever. Um, it really helped and really helped develop me in my childhood. So I played uh, baseball, basketball, and football from young ages. Uh, I was I, – I liked uh, – I liked them all really when I was young because they were all pretty fun. Um, but as I got older baseball started getting more boring. Uh I didn't really have the necessary height for basketball. So I, I kinda I kinda just focused in on football throughout high school for the most part. But I played all three when I was young.
0: Okay. And where you grew up, who were some of the other athletes around? They might be a little older than you, maybe a little younger than you, but who are some of the other athletes that might have been in the area where you grew
7: up? Yeah, so I'm from the Bay Area in Northern California. So uh, there's a there's it's a there's tons of talent all over. Um, there's a lot of athletes that don't necessarily make it out due to off the field issues or whatever it is. But there's a there's um, in high school I went to I played with a a, a Darius Pickett at UCLA, Jalen Harvey at uh, Arizona State, uh, D J Calhoun. I went to Arizona State. Um there's actually it's a lot of in the in the Northern California alone, but in the Bay Area specifically, there's a pretty good amount of talent. Um Jason Verrett uh is pretty close to me. He went to a high school. I went to my freshman year. Um D. Johnson also went to that high school, the receiver. Um a pretty good amount of talent out there.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I was very, very much a person that – Jason Barrett was my CB1 the year he came out, so I I watched a lot of Jason Barrett. Uh, Tremendous explosiveness, even though he wasn't the biggest guy in the world, very strong for his size, high football IQ, good tackler, tremendous hips and feet. You know, obviously, you come from an area where there's not only a lot of good athletes, but there's also a certain – type of athlete, I'm way to put it. You know, when people think of the Bay Area, they think of guys like Marcus Peters, obviously. They think of guys like, um, you know, obviously Beast Mode, uh, even Maurice Jones. Dream, and, but yes, there's, a, hold on, uh, there's a certain type of athlete that I think people um, think of when they think of the Bay Area. If you're trying to explain to someone that Bay Area mindset, yeah, uh, I'll be with you in a moment. I, I see you. Uh, I will, okay. I, I'm just, Right on with Arian. There's a certain type of ath- of athlete that people think of. Damian Lillard obviously is another guy that people think of when they think of that area. Uh there's a a certain way, a certain approach, a certain mindset you seem to see very athletes. How would you describe Uh
7: yeah, yeah, that's a big thing that it's a big pride thing in the Bay area that our athletes have the the, the scrappiness or the grittiness or the toughness that we try to embody in our, in whatever we're doing. Um, it's just a product of how we all play and how we, what we try to accomplish is just a certain mentality, like a, a never back down, a certain mentality that Bay Area athletes produce. And, and it's pretty, it's pretty good for our, for the sports, especially football, you know, but uh, if you could play with that mindset, you will you'll get a, you'll get a lot of things done. And I I try to, use that and make sure I embody that every time I play.
0: Okay. Got it. Uh, one more question for you before I move back to uh Kimon and uh and then I see Zach is now joining me so I'll be with him and Zach, yeah just be a little careful. It sounds like you're in an area where there might be some background noise. if uh, you could just sort of a tip to get yourself in an area where it's it's quiet. So I'll uh, I'll swing back around after this question. So you Decided, once again, you know, you and I, not exactly the tallest guys in the world. I can understand your pain. Basketball, I, I wrestled in the wintertime because that felt like it was a better fit for my body. type. But you found your way, you know, having played other sports, to football. Tell me about football. I mean, what is it about that sport with all the other sports in, in, that you tried and played that made this one that imprinted on you so deeply and you devoted so much of your time and so of your attention to being excellent at playing this sport for what reason?
7: Um, there's just well, uh, football in general, but my position, cornerback. Uh, there's just a, a thrill and a competitive spirit and fireness that you get from knowing that. Well, me playing cornerback when I'm like when I'm guarding the receiver, I know that any play, if I'm not on my my A game, anything can happen. So you have to really, really be focused in every single play. Uh, know that you're gonna. You gotta, you gotta hit, taking hits, doing, doing it all. It's just everything about football. just makes me want to continue playing, and makes me have love for it. just all like special teams, everything. It's just the certain ironness and competitive spirit that gets it going for me. Uh, baseball, not really, didn't really have the same impact on me. Uh, you know, just standing out there for hours. Sometimes the ball come your way. Sometimes it wasn't really the same. But. Football, you you guarantee to always just pretty much have action and be ready. Be ready, have to be ready at all times. So that's what really draw me to for me to football and maybe keep playing and
0: focus in on it. Okay, got it. Um, back to you, Kimon. As you mentioned, uh, you're from a part of the country where there's a lot of good athletes, uh, even though it's a smaller place. It's not like you're from you know a major metropolitan area with millions of people but it's a place where there's good athletes and there's maybe not as many other things to do other than that. Tell me about some of the rivalries uh, you may have run into. Obviously, especially in sometimes smaller towns, the rivals can be so intense because there's not all these other distractions you might have in a larger city. Uh, when, where you grew up, when you grew up, who are your main rivals and why?
6: You talking about like high school football or... Yes, Yes. Right.
0: And if, others, if you played other sports, other, other rivalries, you might have had in other sports. But, yes, who were your main rivals yes. and why were your main rivals when you were up? Oh,
6: uh, man, we, it's all uh, this. It's a uh, town In our county, Calhoun County, it's Bruce, Mississippi. Bruce High School, like, that's our rivalry. And, like, every and, like ever since I can remember, like, that's all, like, the pep rallies. Like, they used to just be so crazy, like, when the football players come to, the like, the elementary school. Like, we used to just be like, man, it's crazy. So we we knew it was time for, like, the rivalry game. Like, that's the only time they come, like, and visit the kids. So, like, we used to look forward to that every year. And, like, the games used to be packed out. They always had, like, a blackout team. And the coaches, the players, like, we always – we've been winning the game since, like, it's been, like, 18 years. They haven't beat us yet. So, like, we – I know – but, I mean, like, it get worse and worse every year. Like, their program went downhill, but, like, we finally won a championship, or a state championship, in my high school 2016 season. My younger brother, he was on that team. And uh, I met my junior year and senior year. We went back to back to the state championship, but we got beat by the same team both years. That was tough. And, uh, yeah. But, yeah, like, that was like my rivalry. Bruce, Mississippi, where Bruce High School and baseball, it was the same way. We always, uh, it was always a. Uh, Great scene, a great atmosphere when we played against Bruce, and I was on the uh, baseball team.
0: Okay. Yes. Uh So, did your little brother ever bring that up that you get, that you guys didn't manage to bring back a championship, but his team did?
6: Oh uh, yeah, he rubber He wears a ring every time I come home. <laughs> <He rubbed laughs> in, <old man. laughs> um, what's your what's your, you know, what's your younger brother's name, Kima? His name is Tray-Sean Cooper. He had um he had a JUCO in Mississippi right now. Colin what kopaya
0: Lincoln. Oh, yeah,
6: that's
0: oh okay. Uh, okay, I will. I will definitely have to keep an eye out. If he's if he's anything like you, I will be definitely keeping an eye out for him. Oh uh, yeah, he's a heel freak. He athlete now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let it, let him know. Let him know that I will. I definitely will want to talk to him when the time comes. And okay. little brothers, little brothers. I mean, I, I I I'm I'm the eldest, but I can tell you, and you know, little brothers live live for the opportunity to be better at something than their big brother that's 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 how uh, yeah If it's oh, oh i mean they don't let it go it's all they think about yeah
6: <laughs> uh, yeah like every time okay. every time i do something good every time i do something good he'll see it and then i call him i can tell by the way he's talking like man you got to go harder they like they push him to like get to where i'm at now so like I know he's looking for, and like I know he' going he' going he's probably gonna do way better than me because he got bigger schools and stuff like that. Looking at him right now, so
0: okay, yeah, okay, Well, I good. Wish for him. Yes, sir. I wish I wish him all the best that he. You set the bar pretty high, though. I mean, we're gonna talk about your your accomplishments. Will come up next. I'm gonna swing back around to Michael and and to bring on um, uh, Zach as well. So, Michael, you, as like you said, had sort of a, a bumpy road to finally find your way to your four-year institution, but you finally find there, you find coaches that brought you along, you learn, I guess maybe for the first time about really the importance of weight training and film study and all that stuff. So especially since you started playing late, tell me about the mental side of the game. What things did help to develop you as a, a thinker of the game and a student of the game, and who was
4: it that helped you to, to break through that barrier? Um... Basically, for me, um, like I said, even back in JUCO, you know, um, I, had a lot of, I had a lot of people, I had a lot of people that helped me out, you know, break out film and all that. And um, when I came here, when I came to North State, you know, uh, I had another coach named Coach fazen You know, he, he helped me out, you know, deeply, you know, breaking down film you know, as a linebacker, what you need to see, you know, your footwork, you know, watch the quarterbacks' intentions and all that, and the O line. So like. You know, eventually, throughout throughout JUCO and coming to Norfolk State, you know, my film game, you know, I I really I really got into it, and um, mastered it, you know, master it, each year, you know, prior prior to it.
0: Okay, and tell me about a play that you made, Michael. Something that you you spotted, something that you would not have been able to do, a play you could not have made if not for the fact that you did study film.
4: Um. Uh, I made, I made one play uh, reversing um, South Carolina State and, you know, I was playing, I was, I was actually playing outside linebacker, and, you know, as a just, you know, playing outside linebacker, you know, you gotta, you know, watch, you know, watch the cadence, you know, watch the ball and, you know, I made a play where we did like a, um, like a, a mix, a mixture. So I basically, you know, took a quick one, two step and then went side to the A gap and I sat the quarterback and, you know, basically, you know, working, working on my technique, you know, I, I, I probably, like, I'll say like five years ago, I probably want to make that. Maybe I want to be, you know, my my first two steps want to be that, and that, you know, f- um, flow, uh, nice, maybe five years ago to now. So it was it was, a, it was a great play, you know, quick one, two-step, you know, did a little mixture and then get inside to the A-gum, set the quarterback. Obviously, that that was that play right there.
0: Okay. Got it. And. I believe I do have Zachary Cannon. Is that you there, Zach? Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, glad to have you. So, yeah, thank, uh, thank
8: you, guys, for having
0: me. Oh, the pleasure, my pleasure is all mine. So I'll begin, once again, at the beginning where I like to begin. Uh, were you introduced to the Athletic Athletics 5, older brothers and sisters, parents? Who was it that got you started as an athlete, and how did they get you started?
8: Um, you said how did, was I influenced from football by
0: older parents or siblings? could be, could be football, could be baseball? could be basketball, whatever sport you played, who got you started and how?
8: um honestly, I, I wouldn't say I would say just watching a game, growing up as a you know a, a minor as a, as a youth, just growing up, I, I just fell in well, I like basketball too, but I just fell in love with football. I don't don't really think I had any major influences because, I mean, of course, my mom, she didn't know much, I mean, about football and technicality. I mean, my dad, of course, he watched football, but it wasn't really no um, main influences. I think just watching the game as a youth and just growing up, and I just enjoyed the game, you know?
0: Okay. Okay. and. So you said that it wasn't so much your parents or a bigger, older cousin, older sister, whatever. But there was somebody, somebody said, hey, I'm going to take you over here. Who was that person that was responsible for getting you, you know, to your first, whatever your first sport was, basketball or football? Uh, was that your parents? or who just said, I'm taking you down here so you can go, you know, burn off all those young energies you have?
8: This is a- um, yeah, I guess um, I guess yeah. I was just say it's my mom and my dad, you know them telling me to go outside and play, and um, you know them them me first telling them I wanted to play, you know Pop Warner in middle school, and you know they able to sign me up and took me there, so I guess I I'll get credit to both of them, you know because mainly just loving football, loving sports, free it just came, just came from them. T- telling me, uh, go outside and play, you know, you know, don't, just don't sit around and be in the house. So, But I guess I'll credit both of them, you know, as collectively helping me, you know, with sports and, and
0: introducing me to football. Okay. And in the area where you were raised, in the area where you grew up, who were some of the other athletes? It might have been maybe a few years ahead of you or a few years behind you, but where you were, who were some other guys? And once again, it doesn't have to be football, but who are some of the other athletes from, your home area?
8: Oh yeah, we have a lot of guys. Um, actually, uh, I played with uh, I went to Archbishop Carroll in Washington D.C. and um, I actually played with a lot of guys that was in the league. Now it was a private school uh, in Washington D.C. Um, and we played those teams like Matha Good Counsel, and so on. My team, um, I, I was friends with uh, Yannick and Gawkway. Uh, friends with Jermaine oh. Carter. Um, I played with those guys actually too my freshman year. Um, Jeremiah Tachu, he, he was the DN. I believe he played for the 49ers now. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, another offensive lineman, Nate Clark. Uh, yeah, so I played with a lot of those guys. And, um, really, really, got a lot of those guys I can attest to. Played against Stefan Diggs, he played with good counsel.
0: Yeah, freshman yeah He was—I believe
8: he was like a junior
0: or a senior, though. So. Yeah, well, one of my um, one of my former teammates was a defensive coordinator. Oh, uh, what school was it? But uh, Keith Goganus, um, who most recently was at IMG, but he used to be over at back when when uh, when Diggs was at Good Counsel. My my friend Gogo was the defensive coordinator for. It might have been
1: Damascus?
0: I'd have to go back and check to see where he was coaching then. But, yes, he, he, sure. he used to give me reports on Stephon Diggs. So I knew about Diggs before he, got to, before he even got to college, that he was a, a beast. So, yes, uh, talent, a very talent-rich area. I'm going to uh, swing it back to Mr. Hall for a moment. And uh, don't go anywhere. Obviously, talent-rich environment. obviously where you grew up. So when you got to high school, Kimon. Uh, where were you sort of on the depth chart? Because obviously there's a bunch of other guys who can ball when you get there. And how did you manage to climb your way up to the point you became a starter?
6: Man, growing up, my my ninth grade year, I probably was like um, probably like five, eight. I was the shortest one on the team. Like coming out of junior high, I was the smallest kid. And like I always tried to, I I practice, I watched the older guys and try to like mimic them. And like and when I was growing up, I. Um, like, after my 10th grade year, I ain't played that much. I'm mean, We probably played, like, the fourth quarter or something like that, the last part of the games and stuff like that, night in 10th. But, like, my uh, 11th grade year, we had a corner. He ended up getting hurt, like, the uh, first game, or well, second game of the season. And uh, I had to step up and uh, play. And, like, from then on, like, I, I had, I, like, cornerback. I played cornerback, receiver. I was a punter. I did, I mean, I did it all. And um, Then my senior year, I had a good year, but, um, I end up, like I end up um, getting like one offer from the Oklahoma um, Community College, uh, JUCO in Mississippi. Like we weren't really like highly recruited. Like we ain't like like had the twitters and all that. So like it was, it was. It went, I mean, it wasn't hard for me. To, like it was hard for me to like sell myself. Like we ain't had the, like the the recruitment that we needed. But like, once I got the chance that uh, I went to uh, junior, junior College in Oklahoma. Like it was like bad, cause, like I was used to winning. Like we went thirteen and one, fourteen and two. My senior, junior my junior year, and my senior year, and like I got to the Oklahoma. Like the program, it was so bad. Like it, it was like we went zero and nine. We had a zero and nine season. Yes sir, and then like we um, I had to stay there the spring because I couldn't uh, transfer from them, and um, after the season or whatever, because I had to sit out the next season. And like man, uh I had stayed there in the spring. Then I uh, reached out to the other JUCO and um, ICC, and the head coach Sean Cannon. He was a um, he was from my hometown, County City, and like he had um, told me I could come in and work work for a spot in the uh, fall count season part. Like I came in, they had already had like their starting spots and stuff like that. So I came in, but I, I grinded it out. And I got a um they ended up putting me on scholarship for the year. And like I had just a standout season at the, the uh Itawamba and I ended up getting the offer um after the East Mississippi game. We had uh played a very good game. Well I had a good game against them and New Mexico State was there and they seen me and they like me. But I didn't um uh, like I didn't get to get to leave in December because I ain't had the hours from the summer. And so like I had to sit out in the spring and but like the recruitment picked up in the springs uh, part of the um the spring part and I ended up getting off from northwestern state in Louisiana and I um and like on signing day like my parents had came up and they um we had like the the whole signing day deal. My people had went back home, my head coach he had called me down to the field that evening after signing day and he was he just had North Texas port up on the screen. He was like, Would you want you wanna play here? whatever, I I was just looking at the stadium, like, man, yeah, that's that's nice, and stuff like that, and he said, well, they got an offer for you, and, like, I had to call my mom and them, just tell them, like, things have changed, and I called my my, my, uh, guy, dad, like, he had been with me since, like, I was younger, from, like, Little League Baseball, and he was, like, telling me, man, you're not going to get that opportunity again, whatever, so you might want to take that, so I took that offer. I came on a visit. I love the coaches. I love the players. Like, they made me feel at home, and, like, I'm just, I've been at home ever since.
0: That's uh that's, that's, so you had you had two signing days kind of. You had all the all much. the sort of hoopla and then another sort of it's sort of like the reverse of somebody who um elopes and then has a big wedding ceremony later. You had the wedding ceremony and then later went and eloped. Man, God he was God was
6: looking out for me then. Like that was a blessing. That was crazy
0: too. Okay. Yeah. Um, tell me about the staff, the coaching staff at, at at University of North Texas. What set them apart and how were they able to help you to become so much better as a player and a person?
6: Like, man, the the love and the care for them, like, that they coach you hard, they're making sure you, you know what I'm saying, going to class, that's number one. Like, so ever since I've been here, my grades been just fine. Like, I'm graduating in uh, May. But, like, Coach Coons, he um, that's the one that recruited me from the JUCO in Mississippi. Cause he knew they had a he had a connection with my uh, head coach, Cause, like he was saying they was like they was looking for a corner, um, next year and like he was like I got one now and so like he had sent my film in to him on that on signing day, and like he got right back to him like yeah we want him and stuff like that and, like Coach Coons, like man when he talked to me he came and he flew out to see me in, uh at the JUCO or whatever, like he was talking like man we really like you like we feel like you can fit our program, the way you play like you fit you fit our schemes and stuff and, like when I came out here Coach Latrell. He was telling me, like, man, we need you and stuff like that. And the cornerback coach, he was showing, he came in, Coach Brown, Nate Brown, he showed me, like, around and showed me, like, how to play and what to film like, from last year, like, where I can fit in. And, like, man, I don't like, they coach stuff. They just love you. Like, the culture they got here is great. And uh, Coach Latrell and them, they do a great job of, like, instilling that in us and, like, building us a better person, a better man Cause, like, my whole life just done been changed ever since I've been here. Like Texas is great, like the school, the people here, everything great.
0: Excellent. You sound like a recruiting uh, poster. I'll, uh, I'll if I <laughs> if I know someone else who's, <laughs> who's in the market, I'll I'll send them your way and I'll let you sell them on uh, on North Texas. Uh, <laughs> let me move back around to. And, well, hey, it, clearly, clearly you bought in. I'm gonna move back around to Mr. Cannon. So. As you mentioned, you're from a, an area that has a lot of good programs, high school programs, a lot of good players, a lot of good coaches. Uh, tell me about when you got to high school. How long did it take for you to begin to make an impact? And and who was it, or how was it that you climbed the depth chart once you got to high school? Um, actually, um, just
8: my freshman year. Um, well. This coming in, well, I actually got recruited. The Archbishop Carroll, you know, mainly off of my size and the way that I moved. You know, I wasn't your average, um, you know, freshman. Uh, uh, I wasn't the average size of like an average freshman. So when I got recruited, you know, my um, the the coach at the time was Rick Howes, and he told me, um, you know, I got a lot of guys that fast and you know, I can I can I can coach a lot of guys on time but, you know, I can't coach size, And that's something that I had that I was blessed to have. And um me coming in freshman year, uh it didn't take me very long to climb up the depth chart. You know, I actually came in behind um uh, uh, defensive end I was telling you uh Jeremiah you and um
0: they was switching me between
8: uh, defensive end and defensive tackle, so I was actually in a rotation pretty much um, my whole freshman year. I didn't start, but I was in a rotation.
0: And amongst your coaches, who was the one that helped develop you the most? Who was the one that? got you from here when they got you into saw this raw but very large lump of clay and turned you into a real player. Who was the coach that helped you the most? Um yeah in high school. Well yes yeah, right you right now we're dealing with high school. We'll talk about your college career in a moment. Okay.
8: Yeah um I would say the coach that helped me the most um was um my coach, uh my his name was Sam. I can't Think of his last name right now, but um, he was our linebackers coach at uh, Archbishop Carroll. Um, he just stayed on me about having good grades and um, just stayed on me just about being like a good character guy and not just always being about football. He made sure I stayed in the weight room and was just like always on me and just always told me like I got talent, but you know. Being a freshman, sometimes, you know, we get easily distracted, so it's like you got to be focused, like, in your books and not just able to do it on the field but off the field and actually work on your craft, getting better and honing your skills and your game, too.
0: Excellent. Um, I think people underestimate how much of what a coach does for a young man has nothing to do with sports, so it's always good to hear someone talk about that. Back to my friend uh, from Behold the Green and Gold, Michael. Tell me about, once again, the depth chart, right? Who else was there when you arrived to your new school, your new home, uh, both for football and academics? And who did you get close to first? Who was that first bunch of guys you started to hang with when you got to Nova State?
4: Uh, When I got to Nova State, the first couple of guys I hanged out with um, is Deshaun Middleton. He's a uh, D line uh chris lee uh also a d-line he he actually was um was on the arizona hot Hush, shots in the AF. uh he was he was part of the team a little bit before he got cut but um those guys most of the d-line and linebacker groups you know my boy kyle archie anthony anthony smith so those guys you know when i got in there they, they they you know they brought me in talking about the culture down here you know and um you know you know overall it was it was a great it was great um Establishment as a friendship. Uh, No.
0: Okay. And where were you on the depth chart when you first arrived, and how did you navigate up the depth chart once you got there?
4: Um, I was actually one of the guys. You know, tends to be a starter, but um, when I got there, you know, injuries, injuries had a little injury bug, which put me back a little bit, and um, which you know, which kind of you know hurt me a lot. In that last two years, I was at Nova State, so with my shoulder injury. But uh, I was mostly in the, in the twos throughout throughout my um, career at Nova State because of my injury. But And I think
0: people sometimes understand, you know, physically, obviously, that you're injured, but it also sets you back because you're not on the practice yeah, field, you're not reps, you're not as much coaching. This is still coach you but they're not coaching you the same way they're coaching a guy who's able to go out and and play and produce so how do you deal with that when you are dealing with injuries and tell me about your rehabilitation process
4: yeah it was it was tough um you know definitely i've never been you know um i've never been injured like this before you know um uh, mentally i was you know i I would say my first year mentally i I was almost almost you know Say I'm done. You know, I almost got, got to that point where I was like, you know, it is what it is. But good thing to have, you know, great friends, great family, just, you know, just to push me, to give me, you know, keep going what I'm doing. And you know, like, you know, even some of the coaches, you know, Coach Tanudo, he's just, you know, just tell him, just keep, just keep going, you know, just just stay focused. You know, even even the strength, strength and conditioning coach, um, Coach Neff, he's a great guy. He also helped me out just, you know, keep my composure, just keep my focus to just get stronger and get better. So like you know, it's tough. You know, but, you know. Obviously, I, I I wish I wasn't injured like that. And but you know, it's part of the, it's part of the game, and it's a learning experience. So you just you know, just gotta go you know, fight fight over through it and just keep keep going.
0: And walk me a little bit through the rehab process for those who never had to put in all the work it takes to try to get healthy again. What are the things you had to do? Uh, tell me about the work you did with trainers, and and if you had physical therapy, or what kind of things you have to do just to get back to being able to play again.
4: Yeah, I, I had to do th- uh, physical therapy on my on my sh- uh, my shoulders, and um, just gotta go. Just gotta be there every you know every morning. You know, just do stretching. Even when I had to, you know, even at weight room, I had to you know stretch it out first, the bands, before I can you know actually touch the weights. Uh, you know, it was frustrating. Even you know, I'm like, damn, this is so much so much work, but you know, if, if you want to get back, you know, to if you want to get back to where you are, you gotta you gotta you gotta, you gotta do the little things, and that's little thing. Just keep on your repping, you know, the bands and all that, you know, stretching, icing, taking care of your body and all that, you know. So, you know, you, you gotta love you gotta love the game to do this, you know, because you can't if you don't love this, then you know it's, it's not for you. So, you know, I love this game, so I I do whatever I can to just you know, just to get back. So, okay.
0: Yeah, got it. And that, like I said, it, it, I think people have some understanding of what players go through on game day. I don't think they understand the all the days leading up and all the hours leading up to game day and the months leading up to, to game day itself. I'm going to bring myself over to Arian. Uh, first of all, Arian, obviously you have devoted yourself to being, as they say, a man in full. Uh, you have embraced the student side of the student athlete uh, lifestyle. So take me through uh, your time in high school where you were balancing, once again, academics and athletics and how that shaped the choices you made when you were thinking about where you wanted to continue your academic and athletic career.
7: Um, well, I went to Rodriguez High School for my freshman year and then I transferred to El Cerrito High. But uh, when I was in high school, now looking back on it, it wasn't really as hard to. Uh, to have good grades for me or maintain or anything like that you know uh I didn't really put a lot of time into studying but when the, I kind of just was good at maneuvering through uh classes and note taking and in general just knowing material yeah. so uh in high school the balance wasn't as difficult so uh, I was able to do pretty well I think I had like a 3.6 uh GPA when I graduated um but uh the the time constraints in high school and everything it was it was pretty it was it was a lot slighter than than uh in college so but I knew I wanted to um, go to a school that had a good a pretty good uh academic program and would it be able to put me make me successful later in life with a degree so uh, choosing U S D was a a good a good option for me and I'm glad I did
0: okay and. In your particular situation, your high school, who are your major rivals and why? Which team did you most look forward to beating?
7: Probably uh, Kennedy of Richmond High School. That's the high school uh, Tack McKinley went to um, that plays on the Falcons. Uh, And our probably other rival was maybe Pinole Valley High, which is maybe a few cities away from El Cerrito. Um, okay. It's just the crosstown rivalries, uh, all the schools, there's a lot of high schools within a pretty short distance of each other in the Bay Area. So it's like everybody in the area generally knows each other. And when the games come up, we're playing teams from across the city or across wherever everybody's talking and there's a lot of a lot of anticipation and everything. It's, it's pretty fun times when we play in those games.
0: Okay. Understood. And tell me also a little bit about, as you mentioned, you had some sort of specific things you were seeking when you were looking for your, your institution where you wanted to continue playing. Who were some of the schools that came around, and how did you actually, you know, make your final decision about where you wanted to continue your academic and athletic career?
7: Well, uh. Um, I knew I wanted to. Uh, I wanted to major in engineering when I got to to uh, college. So there were a few schools that didn't have, did actually didn't have a program for me that I had offers to. So I wasn't able to consider them. But um, I was also I was being recruited by uh, UC Davis and Harvard. But a couple things fell through. Uh, my essay. I wasn't. I didn't have a necessarily high enough SAT score for uh, Harvard, and um, I think some coaching changes at UC Davis affected it. But uh, San Diego was... Really yeah, Dan, Dan
0: Hawkins, right? That was when Dan Hawkins came in, correct?
7: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, San Diego, they showed a lot of interest throughout my uh, my career at high school and I researched their other uh, programs and felt like a generally good fit. Um, I wanted to make sure that in football, I wanted to go somewhere I was wanted, where I would be appreciated. Be able to develop, uh, and also have a good, good, good uh, academic career going through, go through uh, the programs there. So I looked at both of those things, and I considered it was a good, good consideration.
0: Okay. So, of course, most people who, if these become the football, two names that come to mind are Coach Harbaugh. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh was uh, got his head coaching career starting there as a Torero, and that. Um, Josh Johnson who was his quarterback who's still hanging around, uh, he's still in the NFL as a backup but most people don't know your school for football as obviously you, you know uh, it is yeah. known primarily for academics they have a very good business program if memory serves it correctly, you mentioned also their engineering program and there's some other academic program they're known for, I can't remember what the other one was but football is not the first thing that pops into people's heads Like I'm saying Baseball, I think, even is a little more known, if memory says it correctly, than even the football at USD, is that correct? Yeah,
7: and basketball as well is more known. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. Right. And basketball. Uh, so what was it or what were some of the goals that you and I guess your teammates set uh in terms of changing that perception of your uh of your program? Um well we... uh yeah.
7: We we all knew at uh, USD that there wasn't a big there's not there's not really a talent difference from top SCS schools uh, in the country. So when we were going through each season, you know, we 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 had that chip on our shoulder. We could play with anybody, really. So when it comes down to playoffs, we made it. I made playoffs for uh, okay. well, my past two okay. seasons. We won. Okay. We went to the uh, playoffs in the past three seasons, um, and in the past two we made it to the second round, um, beating our first, winning first round over higher-ranked opponents. But uh, we really just wanted to show that we, we had what it take and we could play with anybody in the country. And we did a pretty good job, uh, for the most part, preparing and playing in those tough games that we won. Um, so that was really our, our biggest goal, to so have a, a run in the playoffs. And, we did all right
0: there. Okay. And you guys played some very tough competition right out of the box when you got into the playoffs. Uh, they, whoever did the seating, did you guys no favors? We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. I'm going to uh, move things back over to Mr. Hall. So, Kiwan, you had some pretty good guys waiting for you in the um, DB's room when you got, to, you know, got there on didn't to the North Texas campus. Take people into that DB room, and who are some other – some other guys who were in that room, and, and how did you end up bonding with those guys, uh, Kimon?
6: Yes, sir. Um, when I first got here on my visit, when I came during March, in the late late March time, uh, I met met up with Nate, Nate Brooks, the other corner, and uh, Kyrie Muhammad, the uh, starting safety from last year, and uh, Keyshawn McClain was here in my junior year, and I got to play with him. And, uh, like, them guys, like, they, they, they showed me the way and like they they uh, took me in Eric Jenkins yeah he was the uh, other starting corner when I first got here, but yeah they they just showed me like during the summertime how to just you know uh, learn the playbook how, what's the easiest way to catch on to the um, to learn the uh, calls and stuff like that and, like they just took me in and like I used to go home with them after work summer workouts and watching film and they um they helped me like learn, teach me how to, to uh, write write down the um, calls down with the with the notes. And, like, I just caught on real fast during the summer. So, like, when fall camp came around, like, we was all pretty much on the same page. And, like, that's how, that's how I pretty much uh, grew up with those guys.
0: And what was your, your welcome to college football? Your welcome to, I guess, yeah, four-year college, however you going how to put it. What was your big mm-hmm. welcome moment, moment that sort of lets you know this is different from every other place I've played football?
6: I don't know, what to, I don't know what to say if it was just, like, a tremendous change, but, like, the speed of the game, that's, that's the most – that's the part you had to catch on to. Like, the plays, like, some teams you got now, like, they just – that tempo offense, they just – that's fast. And, like, you be tired, it's hard to, like, focus. Like, you got you to focus in more and dial in on your technique and, and study harder and, like, recognize and, and know who you're going against. But, like, other than that, I think Juco prepared me for, like, as far as, like, physical, like, how I play – like, I feel like it happened. I was ready, but, like, I didn't just have, like, no big moment, like, to wake up. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm playing D1
0: football. Right. Well, you probably played against or with a bunch of D1 guys while you were at Ida But anyway. Oh, yeah, I did. So, okay. Got it. I'm going to swing around back to uh, to Michael. I have a couple more questions for him. Obviously, you battled injuries. You battled, you battled right? You battled a bunch of different things. Uh, you had to learn to get in the weight room. You had to learn to get in the film room. You had to – you learned – was it two different positions, it sounds like? They had to play a couple of different yeah. positions. Is that correct?
4: Yeah, I I'll, I'll, I'll think outside linebacker and middle linebacker.
0: So, obviously, the responsibilities are different. For someone who doesn't have a great understanding of how different, what were the things they asked you to do in those two different roles and – once again, how did you become comfortable with those different sets of responsibilities?
4: Um, like For me, like outside linebacker is mostly, you know, you know, sitting the edge or, you know, getting to the quarterback, you know, you know, I feel like, I feel like outside linebacker is pretty easy, you know, cause all you gotta do is you try and get to the quarterback, you know, all as a run game, you know, you gotta set the edge, you know. And for me, I, mean, I have long arms, so, like, that, that was – it that wasn't, you know, hard for me to do that. And for middle linebacker, I feel like, if you be a middle linebacker, you got to be a leader. You know, you're basically the quarterback of the defense. You know, you got to – you guys, you know, fill the gaps, get in there, you know, make big plays, call all the plays. So, it, you know, I, I prefer middle linebacker. That's, that's what I – you know, that's what I like to do is play middle linebacker. But, like – uh, two positions, you know they're pretty different. but uh, I feel like one is easy. One is more like you got you got be put on um on to it, you know, because you basically like middle line but you're basically the quarterback of the defense. so
0: right. And as you said, leadership. Yes. So you show up, you're the you're the new guy, the guy that showed up from junior college, the guy that's only been playing football a couple of years, he's that guy, right? And you go from being that guy to a guy that's seen as a contributor, you know guy who's important on the team to eventually he said, filling a very important leadership role because that's really the most important thing you do as a middle linebacker. Yes, you've got to know certain coverage responsibilities on crossers and wheel routes or on, you know, if somebody, you know, uh, a dig or whatever it is, you know, so that you know you don't get sucked up, you know, reacting to something on a high low where they make a big play behind you and that kind of thing. But you also have to be you know, the quarterback of the defense, the guy that's getting everybody. If somebody got hurt and all of a sudden you've got a a redshirt freshman comes on to nickel for the first time he's ever played college football, his eyes are as big as dinner plates, you're the one has got to settle mm-hmm. him down, tell him where to go, what to do, all that stuff. Tell, tell me about your leadership style and how you approached having to lead.
4: Um, as for me, like, mostly, you know, as, you know, this there's going to be times where, you know, when you call on the plays and say the D line, would be like, I can't hear you and all that stuff. It, you know, they be like, I can't hear, you. I can't hear you. You know, what I'm saying so. Like, usually, um, usually, for, you know, for the, you know, on, on the on, on the team, basically, base wise, I just, you know, try to tell them, hey, like, you know, take your time. You know, look, look at the play. Because usually, the coaches, coaches gonna be doing the signals. You know, you gotta look at the sideline, and then, you know, also, you gonna hear the linebacker say, uh, you know, to echo, echo it to everybody. So you know, usually you try, I try to help them with the mentality. You know, like if, if you know if the O is beating you, or if if we if we give up a fifteen yards, you know, just stay just stay calm, stay poised, and you know, just just keep fighting to, to the next fight. You know, you know we always we usually call it bend don't bend don't break. You know, you got to keep on fighting each possession. So you especially the young guys that you know they usually they usually like they usually you know you know I won't say they're scared, but like you know nervous, and they don't want to mess up. You know, I, you know. You know, they, don't want to, they don't want to make a mistake. So usually, you know, it's, I tell them it's it's, it's it's good to make a mistake, so now you know you got to, you know, fix, you know, and be better. Just make sure you don't make the mistakes again, you know, and just, you know, keep fighting keep getting better. That's what I usually tell the young guys.
0: Got it. Thank you. I'm going to come back to Mr. Uh, Arian Archie. So you guys are probably, uh, setting the tone, as you said. Uh, re maybe change the way people see your program, a program that is clearly on the rocks. You guys left the program in a much better shape than how you found it. Yeah. And probably you had to, at some point, take the lead in certain ways. Tell me about where you were in the depth chart when you first got there to uh, San Diego, and what things helped you to navigate your way up the depth chart? Yeah, well, uh,
7: when I first got there, um... I was behind uh, Jamal Agnew, he plays for the Lions right now, uh, and Ded and Bryant. They were both uh, juniors when I was an incoming freshman. So uh,
4: at USD, it's like
7: a big, the DB group itself, we like to call ourselves so the tightest group on the team. You know, we got a bunch of group chats. We we, we, we all generally help each other out with technique or problems we have a anything. You know, uh, we're a pretty close group. So them helping me out with the playbook and everything the system, helped me grow into the system better, um, And then I was really playing special teams and and uh, dying packages until I was until until they left, and then I became a junior. Um, So I had to you know work and uh, be ready for that. So when I became a junior, then the pressure well not pressure but the uh, responsibility was on me to um, assume that role of a you know starter that helps out and. Generally help the, the younger younger guys in, but uh, playing in the system and everything. But uh, after that, I had to. I really uh, used the, the time I spent there to like kind of, kind of kind of transform myself mentally and physically. Um, so that when I became when I was ready to start and play for a significant significant more uh, amount of time, I was ready. Uh, I put a lot of work in off seasons and everything to make sure I was ready to go when my time came. Um, the transition was cool, and then uh, my senior year I had to take it to a new, another level, and I played my best year I think uh,
0: then. Yeah, I would agree that you, I mean I, I I don't know exactly what you did, but clearly you took a big jump forward between that that season. You had a good junior year, but that senior year was. I mean I don't I don't I mean I guess you have to go back to Jamal Agnew the last time someone put up that kind of season, Uh, you were one of the leaders in the nation in a bunch of uh, defensive metrics for your position. You showed instincts and range and, you know, tremendous football IQ. So let's talk about that work that goes into preparing for that last ride, right? You get one more year to do this, at least, you know, at the college level. You said yeah. you transferred both mentally and physically. But I'll start with the mental transformation. What did you do to become that much better mentally and who or what helped you to make that jump? Um,
7: well, uh being in San Diego there's kind of there's kind of a certain amount of distractions you have. You know, there's a lot of things to do out here. So when you're not when you have downtime or whatever, there's really you could pretty much be doing anything but learning to to uh Actually, put my 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 off time into my my craft and working on that was um was a, a coach a coach uh called me up one day when I was doing something and uh told me let me know that uh what I really should be doing at the time and helped me get that together and then uh, my cousin Frank um going into my senior year he uh. He lives in L.A. He's the head of the NFLPJ Association up there. Um, he had me come out and work with him, um, and he really helped my mental aspect, too, as far as being prepared, mentally tough, everything ready to go, um, and really being um, dialed in at all times. So during an season game, um, I was putting in everything I needed to make sure I was progressing my game and keep on getting better every single offseason season, making sure I was really doing what I needed to do to be successful. Um, so it's just taking a leap um, and furthering my mental state to where I'll be, be a better player overall. Yeah,
0: I've, I've, I'll i be very, very honest. I had obviously, like many people, I watched, you know, Jamal, he was there. I had undoubtedly seen you at certain times but hadn't really noticed, I'll be very honest. You made yeah. me notice you. <laughs> you made me notice you. I could not notice you. Uh, you... You seem to be always around big plays this year. So clearly some of that work you did, I'm assuming was in the film room. Tell me about how you used film and if there was somebody that helped you to really crack the code, uh, who that person was. And and you know, cause, like I said, you took a huge, a, a huge leap. Uh, how did you use film? Who helped you? And, and tell me about that, about how film was part of you building yourself as a craftsman at the position
7: yeah well uh i had always watched film but i kind of um people were telling me that the film was really the key to playing and slowing down the game so i, I always watched film but recently in the past two years i started increasing the amount of film i watched and what i was actually looking for so uh one of my coaches uh coach barton at usd right now he's a db coach um he helped me breaking break down film a little more efficiently. Um, looking at receivers, movements, uh tendencies and general general play and distribution actually was a big thing that he, he taught me to uh the distribution of the offense and what that leads to and what they can actually run from that. Uh and just generally just watching more and more film um really helped me and uh showed me plays that I wouldn't see before helped slow down the game for me. Where I could make plays that I need to make and be ready when I needed to. So just watching more film and knowing how to watch film better really made me a little a little better to play, you know, more ready, game ready.
0: Okay. And tell me about a play that you made that you could not have made if you did not put in that work in the film room. A play that was only possible because something you spotted maybe in an alignment or splits or motion or down in distance or tendency or something.
7: Um, against Drake this year, uh, there was a, it was, what was it? There was a single receiver on the, in the boundary and I was, uh, playing on him. And, uh, on the backside, I had noticed in film when there was a certain distribution, I think it was, a. Uh, Flow away, and I'm on the back side. They had a tendency to run, um, my um, receiver screens, and uh, so once the receiver took a few steps forward, I noticed the uh, the play from film, and I kind of it kind of clicked that it was a screen play, and he did the receiver did, run back, and and I had a TFL on that play, so I was able to make that by studying more play, more film.
0: Good. Thank you. Uh, same question for you, Kimon. Once again, clearly you are a, a film student. Tell me about that, about how film became more and more important as a part of your game prep and a part of your mastering the craft. And mm-hmm. once again, a play made specifically, Kimon, because of something you spotted on tape.
6: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, well, I'd say, I'd, well, high school, my coach, he was real big on like the small things and, like, and watching film. Like that was, That's all we did. So, like, I always sit in the front. They always told me to sit in the front, and like I used to just go home, write down little notes, watching it on Huddle film. But like when I got here to uh, when our JUCO, we we watched film, but like it wasn't just like how you how we do now. Like it's more in depth. Like the coaches we got here, like they big on like film, and like I understand and I know like if you don't watch film, like you can like you, I mean film can like help you like so much, and like recognizing like um. Like down the distances, down the distances, and when they um, like certain plays, when they when they got like tight splits, if they got like a tight split, they might you got the chance for like an out route or like a short hitch, or they uh, mesh split, like just recognizing and knowing like um, who you're going against, the quarterback's the arm, the, his arm strength, and like uh, I have to say like SMU game, that's, that was my first time getting a pick six, like ever in my football career, and um. And like when they was in the doubles, like it was I was to the field, and like I I seen it split. It was like between the numbers and the um the numbers in the hash on the outside, on the uh, to the field side. And like soon as I we we used to, we got this technique called shuffle shuffle break. And like I like we had when I shuffle shuffle, I was I peeped at the quarterback just a little bit, and like I seen the receiver like his the way he was running his route, he was going to run the out route. And like I broke on it just like right on time, and like I just took it to the house. And, like, that's that's like, when I seen on film from last year when we played SMU, like, he was big on, like, split. Like, you can, you can like, tell by how they line up, what they were going to run. Like, you can just expect what you uh, what you, uh studied on film.
0: In your mind, Kimon, what's the best game you've ever played? Could be any level. I don't care if it's Pop Warner, high school, college, <laughs> Sandlot, whatever. When, if you had to show somebody one game that you played that said, This is the game that shows you exactly what Kimon Hall was, here's special key mm-hmm. in action. What one what play what game what game is the one you would have to say this is the best game I've ever played?
6: And I have to say beating Arkansas. Like I was all over like I was I could have made I could have had like five or six interceptions. I don't you know. Too. The, you dropping money. It was crazy, but yeah. I had to say the Arkansas game. like we were just so dialed in and focused, and wanted to beat them so bad, and then, like I had my hands on the ball a lot. I had like six pass breakups and one uh, pick six, and like seven tackles. So like that was that was a big that was like one of my biggest games. I feel like, but I could have made way more pl- big plays. But
0: you know that's how <laughs> I go playing DB. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least you didn't have a broken hand in a club like like our our other friend had. Oh, poor kid. But, yes, we've got good good hands to work with. But, yes, yes, I understand. I understand. Uh, It is difficult. People say, you know, a defensive back, you know, doesn't come up with it. Oh, that's why he's playing defensive back. They don't understand. The receiver has practiced and timed up this route, knows where the ball going to be or should be exactly. And when they put their hands out, the ball should pretty much hit them in the hand. It's the yeah. exact opposite experience you're playing defensive back. The person is trying to avoid you, right? And mm-hmm. so, when, so something's already gone wrong for the fact that you're even close to the ball, first of all. And then, <laughs> unlike the, the wide receiver who's just looking for his particular, you know, he's got a, a landmark, and then he just looks for the ball, and the ball should be there, boom. And he may have to negotiate dealing with you, the defender, but his main concern is, you know, I'm going to, have to be here, the ball should be your boom. When you're playing team mm-hmm. with the fact, you're worried about your guy, and it you know, your zone or man or combo, whatever it is, but you're, but you're also worried about other people who could come into your area. I mean, you can't just, yeah. unless you're just purely a man team and you're all 100% man all the time, you can't just worry about your guy. Hey, what if? What if it's yeah. What if hey? What if it looks? What if it's a, a draw play? And it's just it, everybody's selling pass, but it's a run, and you're so concerned about your guy. Oh, there goes a running back where you should have been. Oh, a touchdown. Oh, a tough ride home. Film 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 Monday is gonna suck for you. Uh, you can't just be concerned about right. You've got to have more things on your mind. Hey, is the quarterback a threat to run? Hey, I mean there's all these things mm-hmm. that are on your mind, and then oh here comes the football, right? <laughs> oh there it is. It is a micro-miracle that defensive backs make some of the plays on the ball they manage to make with all the other things they've got to worry about. I mean, I'm not trying to put down wide receivers, but let's be honest. It's, it's easier. I mean, we, we played, we've all it played over wide receivers live somewhere. It's easier. Let's just be honest. It's easier. So, yes, they catch the ball more, but their minds are uncluttered. You know I mean? Like <laughs> – I've got to run this route, get to here by this point. By if it's out know, of shotgun, then it's still three, five, seven. 3-5-7, then it's you know, one in a hitch or whatever it is. But you know, you've timed it up, you've practiced it hundreds of times. You've got to get to the spot, body time, boom, look at the ball. There's no worrying about whoever else might be doing whatever else, really. So, yes, demons is back. they test the ball, but it's not their hands, people, it's their minds. They've got other things on their minds. That's why they don't catch the ball more. Stop talking about yeah. hands like C. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Oh, well, that's why he was a. You, it's not just me, right? I'm sure you guys, it, it gets on your 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 nerves too. I'm sure hearing it all the like, time. Oh, that's why he's a defensive back. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, that was enough of me ranting. Let me get back to Michael. I'll close out with Michael. I have a couple more questions for him, and then I'll fit, and then I can focus fully on on um an Arian and Kimon. So. As you mentioned, Michael, uh, unfortunately things didn't work out exactly like you hoped or planned, but people had still noticed you in the little flashes of of play you got to make. And when did you first start to hear that you might have an opportunity still maybe to scout it, maybe to get to go to some postseason all-star games, things like that?
4: Um, Basically, um, yeah, mainly when I went to the um, HBCU um, bowl game, <clears throat> I went there and then um you know I had a, I actually had a pretty good game, you know, had a few tackles, two sacks. And from there I was just like, yo, like I felt like I still had a chance, you know, to go to the next level, even though, you know, you know, I had a little step back, you know, because I felt like, you know, even though even though in JUCO I had a have a great career in Juco, you know, I let the team tackles two times, let the, you know it was all confidence twice, and then obviously I came here, in know state. I, you know, hit hit hit, I hit, I hit the injuries. So like, I still feel like inside of me, I like, Yo, I still feel like I still have a chance. You just got, you know, overcome it and just believe in myself and you know, and just keep working hard and just not to get better. So basically, you know, I went to the HBCU ball game. You know, I talked to a few scouts, like XFL scouts. You um, know, you know, I just feel like, you know, if I just have that one opportunity, you know, I got I gotta grab it. And I just that's just how I feel right now at, at this moment. Okay. And
0: tell us about your, your all-star opportunity experience. What was, uh, what was that like? You know, you as you said, it was something that you weren't 100% was even going to happen, uh, but it did happen. Uh, what teams were there? Uh, and who, who were some of the guys that might have stood out to you, other guys you might have noticed that made an impression on you?
4: Um. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, the J- Oakland Raiders was there. Uh, the Rams was there. The Jets was there. Uh, I believe the Bills was there, and like two or three CFL teams. And then there was the XFL scout there. And um, yeah, it was a lot of it was a lot of great players. Um, and uh, the experience there was just it was it was phenomenal. You know, uh, there was a lot of great coaches there, and you know they took they took good, good good care of us over there and. You know this basically you know they give us a teachers a learning session you know just you know those tell us you know you guys are being evaluated right now you know people are watching you guys every move you make and you know you know make sure you introduce yourself to these scouts and all that just just the little things just to help us out with the process and um uh one player one player that stood out to my eyes was, um his name is alan he's a, he's a linebacker from um, pace university you know, he's a D two player, but like I feel like he could have played the Division one. He he was a great. You know, he was actually my teammate at the bowl game, and you know now you know right now we're good friends right now. Just you know, we will both trying you know make it happen. And he's he's a player that that you know came to my eye um, okay. at the, at the bowl game.
0: Okay, and tell me about you know obviously the preparation for the next level. Uh, in terms of pro days or other workouts, uh, what do you have scheduled or what have you already done? And if you have already gotten your
4: pro day results, uh, how'd you do? Uh, sadly, I don't have any. I didn't get into no pro day. Um, you know, I've been looking for one, but it's pretty tough. It's not, you know, I haven't been in any, any pro days so far. But um, I, I did go to uh, the BSN combine in Indianapolis, and, and, I, and I got invited to the um, – the uh, american national uh combat I think, it's, I think it's run by the AAF, so and i'm gonna go to that in uh may so i'm getting i'm getting okay. ready for that so, yeah so gotcha. yeah i think, i didn't get to you no know, pro day but you know that's that's you know i'm getting ready for'm getting ready for may of the um the okay. Combat, yep
0: okay and tell me so when you did get invited to the b s n and and any of the other workouts you had how did you do uh, you know in terms of the goals you set did you achieve them did you
4: exceed them? Um, when I, I went to the BSN, I, just, I I used that as a, like, you know, just just to see where I was at. And then I was hoping that I would get into them pro day, you know, to get, you know, get my better results. Unfortunately, you know, it hasn't happened. But the BSN, the BSN combine was pretty good. You know, there was, there was about, like, two or three CFL coaches, you know. And um, I actually talked to them, One to uh, Winnipeg, and they actually gave me a couple of um, um, free A.J. tryouts later on. But I'm still in school, so I'm trying to finish that first, you know, before I you know, do yeah. anything. So right. uh, I couldn't go to that I couldn't go to that one, but um, yeah, like it was uh, the b s n was a it was a great experience a lot a lot of great players, you know um, you, you just just get their environment where you know everybody's all trying to make it, you know, everybody's trying to get to the next level, whether they're from division three, d two or d one it just it just it just it's like, it's like a warm welcoming like hey, like I'm not the only one you know, what I'm saying like, hey, we're all trying to grind, we're all trying to make it, we're all supporting each other, and yeah, it was it was over there.
1: Okay.
0: And did you at least get your results? You know, height, weight, forty
4: time, vertical, broad, all that. Um, I got my I got my height. Uh, right now I'm like 6'1", 2, 228 at that time. Um, let's see if I can find it. I don't know. Look for it. Look.
0: While you're working on that, and let's let me know when you, when you find that, right. I will swoop back around to Mr. Hall. Uh, you had also, had, by whatever metrics people want to use, you had one of the best seasons. It's funny. Between Aaron, with all the attention being paid to other players, between Arian Archie and Kemon Hall, I have two of the most productive, and by whatever metrics you want to use, Two of, the, two of the best seasons that cornerbacks have had were had by you two, right? Uh, no offense mm-hmm. to the guys at whatever school you want to name that, you know, maybe other people, more people have heard of or whatever, but these two guys, Kimon Alenari and Archie, what, pull out whatever number you want, passes, defense, interceptions, solo tackles. Uh, you know, what, what, what do you like? Fewest. Uh, Yards, give it up. Fewest reception, give it up. Yards per reception, give it up. All the numbers. You guys are in the top, right? I have on the top FCS, one of the top FBS guys in terms of that. For all the attention paid to all these other guys. Um, so I'll stick with you for the moment, uh, Kimon. What, what do you think allowed you, just like that after with area, you made a big jump. You were good the year before, but you, you know, or elite this past year. What allowed you to take that big jump?
6: Man, I would have to say, uh, like, my junior year, I had, I had to fight through a couple, like, injuries. Like, I had, like, my knees, I had, like, bad tendinitis and stuff like that. But, like, I ain't get the understanding about the treatment room and, like, knowing how much they can help you. And, and like, uh, my junior year, I watched film, but, like, I ain't watched it as hard as I, as I should have. Like, I could have made way more plays. I missed out on a lot of opportunities my junior year, but coming into my senior year, my, the spring, like we was like, man, we're not having a season like we did um, my junior year. Like all of us just came together. Like we, like our bond we, we built during the spring and like, hey, everybody was just hungry for this season, this senior year, because Nate, it's his senior year. Then we had EJ, giant and them, like all of us just built a relationship together. And like we had, we had just helped each other so much, like through the, the summer training, like, fall camp, we had a great spring. So, like, fall camp, we came in. Like, we knew, like, everybody was healthy. Like, everybody was, like, um, like, I had to just buy into the treatment room, like, every day, watching film every day, staying out to practice, doing, like, the little steps with the drills. And, like, man, we just, I would have to say, like, we just, I don't know, it was like a bun we had. And we just grew in, like, this, this year. Like, I made way more plays. I was, right at, I was at the right place at the right time. Like just film, I had to say just like film. That was that's like I love film. I love technique and like I got a, a position coach in Dallas named Clay Mack. and like he helped me so much
0: with like small oh. steps. Like yeah, okay, yeah. I know who that is. He's uh, oh, yeah. he's a step, but he's very very good. Oh yeah,
6: yes sir. And like I had to say like him, like knowing and understanding like uh, the the route concept, of, like the. Uh, the teams we were playing, like I understood, like the game just slowed down for me from my junior year to my senior year. Like I made just so many more plays. Could have made way more, but like, you know, I feel like that's what um, set me out from my junior year to my senior year.
0: Yeah, well, congratulations to both of you. Like I said, by any measure you want to whip out, you two had amongst the best seasons of any box playing corner in America, um, you know. Once you get past the, you know, name brand or hype or whatever, um, I'm gonna check that with Michael.
4: See so if he located his results. Uh, any any luck? Yeah, I got I got a few right now. Like I got the, um, my uh, my pro my vertical okay. was like like 31, and I feel like I I feel like I could jump more higher than that. That's why that's why I used to you know the BSN, that's like you know see where I was at. And the comb I had like a 7.28. And what else they have? All right, they had, they had this um, this taser, it was like a like a legitimacy uh computer um taser thing. So basically, like you're in the middle uh, from the computer, and then whatever the computer goes to, you, you gotta like shuffle to it. Yeah, they, they get yeah, so I, I got like a 41 over, over there. It was like some new technologies that they added, added to it. Uh, at the at the combine, so that's what I have so far. Interesting. Okay, got it. Uh,
0: so I'm going to move back to Arian for a moment. You have, you know, once again, sort of a, a bit of a year for the ages as well. When did you start to hear that you might have an opportunity to keep playing even after college? Uh, which schools came to your came to your school? did you get any direct contact with any scouts and did anybody ask to see, you know, your tape or, or information from you?
7: Um, so uh, throughout the season, there'd be like a, a couple of scouts that will come and watch practice, but I was really, I really didn't have a lot of uh, contact with scouts. Like I'll maybe say a few things to them, like general, but like not really as much as we are coming to see you or, direct interest um but I really just had faith and uh started training for my pro day uh in, in the end get into december uh, early january um and then I really started uh realizing that i could i actually have some some opportunities waiting for me um at my pro day uh felt like I did all right but i uh i strained my hamstring a little bit and I had to stop midway through but before that um I had a lot a few a few scouts coming up to me and asking me. Questions and uh, saying they're going to take a look at some film. Um, but I really just didn't have a lot of contact and interest, or really like that before that. It was just uh, me and myself working for my pro day, and it paid off a little bit, so I'm
0: pretty happy about that. Okay. So, as you said, maybe results weren't quite what you had hoped for under the best possible circumstance, but how did how did you do, uh, even though you might have been fighting a bit through a, a nagging injury? Um, I, did,
7: uh, I did pretty well up until the point where I stopped. Um, I had a 30.5-inch a vertical, which I felt like I didn't. It was the very first one, and uh, I was, it was in alphabetical order, so I was the very first, and I feel like I could do yeah,
0: it. If you're against Ari and Archie, you're probably going first for a lot of things yeah
7: yeah exactly so uh but after that i had a i did uh 12 reps on the bench press and then i uh had a 10-4 broad jump um and i think i have a 4-4 range 40 and then during my pro agility uh when i was planning i felt a a little pop or a little a little discomfort in my hamstring so i I shut it down at that point but um there are a few scouts that are are uh, pretty impressive before uh, until that point. So I'm just checking it, see where it goes from there. Okay.
0: Uh, what teams were present for your workout? Um, I, think
7: the, uh, I think there were 15 teams. Um,
0: I'm pulling okay. up this right now. So just about half the league showed up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm Uh anybody show you
7: Uh what would you
0: say? Okay. Did you draw any, anybody was there any teams that showed you any particular interest?
7: Uh yeah, the uh the Lions scout, the Broncos scout, um the 49ers scout and the uh
0: I think Jets scout. Okay okay any of them indicate they might want to bring you in or they just gather information or what kinds of interactions did you have
7: um The lion scout told me he was uh he's gonna go back and look at my film and uh do that uh the bronco scout um told me he was gonna uh reach out to my agent when he gets done with his uh his pro day rounds um and then I got an invitation to the forty ers uh logo day.
0: That was was pretty good. (laughs) Yes, Ariadne. you have a gift for understatement. That was pretty good. You're not a really excitable guy, but that's good, right? Because you need to not be (laughs) panicky if you're going to play quarter. I like how cool and calm you are. If you won the lottery, you'd be like, yeah, that was was all right. That wasn't too bad, putting all that money. Yeah. There's nothing more than being cool, calm, and collected. Uh, I'm going to finish up with Michael. I have just one or two questions for him, and then I'll let him go with the rest of his life and his day. So, Michael, you're the kind of guy that's going to have to fight and bite and scratch. I'm not even going to lie to you. I mean, you clearly are not going to be drafted, obviously, or at least not by the NFL. You might get invited to a camp, and you will be – the bottom of the totem pole, right? You will be the lowest guy on the totem pole, right? I mean, you'll be the guy who was in Norfolk State but didn't even get the chance to put together a full season. Ah. Clearly, you have talent, but everybody, when you get to this level, everybody has talent. Like, talent alone isn't going to do it. Uh, You're going to have to find something that's going to stand out amongst really, maybe a freak show of ludicrously talented people who, many of whom have played football with and against, you know, people who are more well-known and coaches have seen more of and all of those stuff. So you've got a lot to overcome, like But you're, you're a proud member of the, of the Spartan Legion, right? So we expect nothing but the best going forward from you. What have you been working on and I'm assuming special teams is probably one of those things. But what have you been working on so when you do get to a camp, you aren't quickly ushered right back out the door?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say definitely special teams. You know, um, it's just definitely part of it I know I can do. You know, um, I did kickoff. I did kickoff pump return, all that blocking, and I know that I know I know definitely special teams is really important. You know, realize how important it is. You know. Uh, Cause you know, guys will be like, I, I don't want to do special teams. It's not, it's not me. I want to be on the field. I want to be, in, you know, on the defense, or the offense. But people, people don't realize that, you know, special teams, you know, can get you a job. And I, I, I don't mind doing special teams. You know, I loved it ever since. You know, I, that's how, that's how, I, you know, in high school, I first started playing football. That's how I got in. You know, doing kickoff, special teams, making tackles, and then eventually, I got opportunity to play on, on, on a, you know, on a regular defense. So. Definitely, I know if I if I know I'm in the bottom, of the bottom, and I need to like come up and you know open people's eyes. And I know definitely special teams will definitely will help me out doing that. moving forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's everything. I mean every single one of the guys I've got here. I mean, Kimon to me is an All American corner, even no, if no one else believes it. And. uh and area. I mean, these guys are all, level, to, my, to my mind, all-American-level quarterbacks, but that's not how they're going to make a team. They're going to make a team special teams. Uh, you know, it's a, unless you're a first, maybe second-round guy, and sometimes even those guys are on special teams. But you, you're on special teams. I mean, Richard Sherman got mentioned earlier. He got to start on special teams. Antonio Brown got to start. I mean, it's a long list of dudes who got to start. Hall of Famers, in many cases, unless you are quarterbacks, you know, who got to start on the special team. Those are the only guys you can find unless they were like like I said, high first round draft picks. But if you aren't a quarterback, if you're a rookie or a second year guy, and you're something other than a high first round draft pick, or like a three hundred and eighty pounder, you a guy who can't run. I mean that's the other exception. But if you're a huge person, yeah, okay, maybe not. But it's sometimes even on you know, sometimes even those guys are on like PAT team, you know, on protection or whatever, but that's the only yeah. real exception, quarterbacks and enormous people. Everyone else, you better embrace special teams or you'll you're you're embrace watching TV instead of playing TV because even the third, fourth-round guys who, some, who are getting snaps on defense or snaps on offense are playing special teams, you know, for the first couple of years of their career. I mean, if you're Saquon Barkley, you might not – but even Old Beckham Jr., I mean, I hate to bring it up, but look back at his rookie year. He returned some punts and kickoffs. They didn't have him gunning or anything like that. But Jarvis Landry returned to punts for this first early part of his NFL career. mean, was a long list to do. Special teams is your best friend. It's gonna save your life. If you don't get cut, I'm talking about all of you now, if you don't get cut, it's because of special teams. You might be the world's greatest quarter. They don't care. He's not a first. They might care about that later. But when you first make a team as a rookie, they drafted, especially drafted day three or as an unfactored free agent. The only reason you get cut is because the special teams coach said, Oh, yeah, no, I need this kid. He's good on special teams. They'll never find out what you can do as a corner unless you can do some special teams or what you can do as a linebacker unless you are first do something on a special team. So, yes, special teams. Star, check mark, circle, whatever you got to do. Part of every day between now when you get to camp should be devoted to special teams. If you're not devoting at least part of every day to special teams, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because I hate to put it this way, they will not care about all that other stuff if you don't make an impact on special teams. Won't care. Won't matter. Yep. They got people for the other stuff, the stuff that you're so good at, they already have someone else doing that. They, if they're drafting you, Especially, like I said, later parts of the draft or undrafted free agents, you're there because of specialty. That's the real reason. And then later they'll find out if you could do other things. But they'll never know. And I'm, I'm, once again, I hate to put it this way, but you've got to find somebody and make them a victim. So, first time you get to come down, it, especially nowadays with the new rules on hitting, there's only going to be so many opportunities. You get a full padded punt or full padded kickoff return practice. I hate to put this way, but somebody's got to pay. You've got to lay somebody out. Somebody. Pick one out. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm apologizing ahead of time. It's terrible. It's a brutal thing. But somebody. Somebody's got to go. You've got to pick somebody. Pick them out. Sorry, number 81 or whoever it is. I, this, today, I must slay you in front of all these coaches. I, I apologize to everyone, you know, associated. Whoever it is, they've got to go. Lay it out. Lay them out because there's not as much hitting nowadays. It's not like the old days. You don't get that many good-padded practices in the, in the NFL nowadays. They are very, very careful because, once again, they only have so many guys they can carry. Um, you only get 53 on the whole roster, and you only have 47 of them active. So, sorry, 46, 46 active. Um, you can't go around hurting guys, but, but you've got to know who's willing to to do it, right? You still got to know who's willing, especially on special teams. Like, if you aren't willing to come down here like, a, like you've lost all your senses, you still have to do your job you you're not like a crazy person. It's a fine line, basically, right? You got to have this wildness about you, but still do it the way that you've been taught to do it. Very fine line, but you got to tell that line. Uh, so, please, spend some time every day. Even if you're not doing something physical, then on the mental side of it, uh, if you have a special teams coach and he can get you tape of cover responsibilities, if you're lining up at L3 on kick coverage or whatever it is, what you have to do, what angles work. I mean, you've got to get that part mastered because it's been shocking little time on it, actually. Like you want to, it, that's the other thing that will be a shock, I think, to some people, is how little time is spent on individual things at the NFL level. It moves, it moves, it moves, click, 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 click. That's what they hate to see people walk. Because they have, they have so many things they got to cram into a practice. Because the, the practices are not long, but they move. <laughs> hey, don't be the one that's last in line to anything ever. Be always the first one in line. Be the one that's closest to the coach. Be the one that gets in that extra rep because you got back in line. Be that guy. That's how you'll make it. Uh, Michael, for those who are wondering what's next for you in your journey, obviously you're, you're uh, do you have any other workouts currently planned, or are you still working on trying to get in front of some more scouts in the future?
4: Yeah, I'm still I'm still working on it you know, as of right now. But like I said, <clears throat> the one in May, the, the ANCU combine is the one I have so far in front of me. Okay, which I'm preparing for. Got it. So, yeah, that's so right now. That's, so what, that's what I have.
0: What I will need from you is your updated numbers, uh, obviously height and weight, if, just in case you know any of that changes, but. Uh, obviously the rest of your testing numbers as soon as you can get those. Uh, So two last questions for you. One is, if I do corner a scout somewhere and he's willing to give me 25, 30 seconds to look at something, what should I show him so that he'll at least have some interest in seeing more of you, Michael? What should I show that scout? As far as a film, film film-wise?
5: Any fit, right, because I know you
0: didn't, you know, obviously you said injuries sort of marred your career, but there's got to be something I can show this man so he won't, you know, hop back in his car and leave before I can before I get his attention.
4: Um, hey, obviously, you can show him at <clears> – <throat> you can show him definitely um, uh, the type of person I am originally. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good teammate guy. Um, I'm a great locker room guy. And as a form of working hard, basically, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to play that, you know, just trying, I'm trying to help a team win. And if, if you want to show them that, I said, as a, as, a, as, a, um, as tell them about who I am, that's, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm a work, sorry, excuse me, I'm a hardworking type of t- t- linebacker. And, uh, hello, can you? I mean, is there, is there a play you've made, a
0: tackle you've made, a, play on a, a pass a, something that would you know make someone at least want to see more of your tank your your actual film or you um, know bring you in?
4: oh yeah um definitely you can show the film where um um uh, at, uh, at my my junior college back in uh, junior college in my road we were playing Lacuana and um I was chasing um the quarterback. Um, his name is Dan Pinwell. He's actually has actually at UConn right now, but he's actually getting ready for the draft too. Um, There's a play where he 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 ran to the left and he didn't see me, and I was sprinting from off from the other side of the field, just sprinting as fast as I can. And then he as soon as he's about to throw it, I just smacked him for a sack. And I think that's one of my biggest hits coming from um, as I've been a line a linebacker.
0: Okay,
4: got it. And
0: Uh, I guess my my last two questions are sort of, it's not really football questions, but if somebody wanted to keep up with you, uh, do you have Twitter, Instagram? uh, What else is there? Uh, Whatever else there is. If people wanted to keep up with you, follow you, know what's going on with you, uh, how might they do so? And last but not least, uh, for the ladies, are you taken? Are you single? Are you married? What is your situation in terms of that? Uh, in
4: terms of that, I'm am single right now. Hello,
0: lady. You single? Okay, yeah. go
4: ahead. I'm single. <laughs> I'm single, and just you know, as for me, I'm just you know, just trying to stay focused. You know, and um, if people want to get to me, um, my Twitter is um mka twenty three atta a t t a h, and my Instagram is um mka all day twenty seven. If you want to you know get to know me and all that.
0: Okay. Excellent. So, uh, look for an email from me to follow up the show. You'll either get it later today or tomorrow morning. Uh, we will be looking also for an update from you when you do get your numbers from your next workout, so we can build out your profile, which will appear on in Bolt Sports when the when your profile goes live, the story goes live on you. I will tweet out a link. Also, I'll direct message the link to you, and you'll get an email uh, letting you know as well where to find uh, the profile. And it's part of my Blue Light Special. Uh, line of, of uh, articles. First of all, uh, Michael, it's very much a thrill because I don't get too many novel state guys. I've had a couple in the years I've been doing this, but it's good to get one. Uh, the green and gold is on the rise. I think yep. we found the right coach. Uh, we had wandered around in the wilderness for a little while, but I think Coach Scott and, and his staff are, are heading in the right direction. Yes,
4: sir. Thank you, Thank you for having me.
0: Excellent. Well, behold, the reading gold. And thank you so much. I will follow up with you soon. See you. Thank you. Thank you. So now back to you. Uh, I'll stick with you for the moment. Um, So, Arian, you, like I said, unfortunately, you know, dealt with a few health issues. Uh, In terms of height and weight, where did they have you in, in terms of uh, height and what you weighed in?
7: Um my height was uh five eleven. Uh and my weight was one eighty three.
0: I feel like I was a little light, though. Okay. So I'm usually around one eighty five. Got it. Okay. Got it. Maybe had you in so you had not intentionally gotten lighter to try to run fast, or was that just that you have a fast metabolism? Um, you
7: know, I I wasn't intentionally trying to be lighter to run faster, but I kinda was watching what I like I wasn't consuming. As much as I would usually eat on the day before, but I wasn't doing it on purpose. I was just trying to make sure I,
0: I still felt pretty good for the for the day, and just right. to yeah. be able. To... Yeah, right. You don't want to knock out a deep dish pan pizza right before you, you know, do your pro day. Nah, <laughs> nah. That would not be ideal. That would... Okay, well. First of all, good luck on the 49ers local day. Uh, I think you will open some eyes. Uh, how how is your hamstring coming along?
7: It's a lot better uh, today. I haven't started uh, working on it yet. I'm going to start next week, but there's there's not any pain in it right now. So I'm just working on strengthening it now to make sure that okay. I'll be great. Excellent. Excellent.
0: Well, good. Like I said, you know, you don't don't want to get too fast and loose with that uh it's it's your part of your livelihood you know you're now uh chairman and ceo of your own independent corporation you know arian industries and you need to take care of you know all the assets of the industry so i will ask you my last couple of questions um in terms of the legacy you and the group you came in with left. What do you think, like your what do you think your legacy was at USD? Um, I feel like me and my
7: my teammates for my for my past couple of years we we kind of we kind of uh, expanded expectations. At USD football. Uh, we proved a lot of people wrong with some victories. We had uh, we 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 kind of shown the world that there's more to USD than the other sports. We could play football. We the match up with, with, with teams that people didn't – it's not normal for us to be able to play with. So I think we did good at that. And they're going to continue to keep on getting better down there. They, uh, we have good coaches. Uh, Everything's going to keep progressing.
0: Okay. And we got to hear Keymont Hall sell his school. So if there was a young person thinking, you know, about – Maybe they're looking about thinking about Bucknell or they're thinking about Yale or one of the service academies, but they're also considering becoming a trailer. What would what would you say to them to maybe bring them to your school as opposed to the other places they might be considering?
7: Just um, uh, see, there's a certain degree of closeness that the, the team in each position group has that you might not have at the other schools. Um, the coaches feel like they're they're more geared towards the players and making sure that we're successful uh, off the field and on the field. Uh, the purpose, of academics is, is, is top of the line as far as private schools. In and, and school in general, is, it's a good quality of life out here. Uh, when you come here, you're going to have good. You're going to win, and you're going to do well off the field. So it's just a good experience coming out here to USD.
0: Okay, got it. And sort of my more unofficial question uh, for the ladies, uh, what is your status, young man? Are you uh, taken? Are you married, engaged, uh, single or ready to mingle? What's your situation? Uh, nah, I'm, I'm single. Uh, Hello. No, focus, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Engineering from USD, ladies, not hard to look at, fast, nimble, maybe headed to the NFL. Uh, but right now, married to the grind, but maybe things might free up for him in the near future. Okay, excellent. Uh, and if people wanted to learn more about you, find more about you, follow you, et cetera, on social media or whatever kind of platforms you might be, where and how could they do so, Arian? Uh I'm
7: on Twitter, um, underscore archera, A-R-C-H-E-R-A. And then uh, on Instagram, I'm in search up Arian a-R-R-I-O-N, R-G-A-R-C-H-I-E. I should be the one that
0: pops up. Okay. So once again, as with others, there will be a series of follow-up questions I'll be using to fill out your profile on that's symbol Sport Once you do receive what I'm sending, you just respond as soon as you're able. Uh, obviously, the sooner you respond, the sooner I'll be able to turn it back around. If I get it back, you know, Monday, it should pop up. You know, about a week or so after that, if I get it back after that, it'll take, you know, correspondingly long, that much longer to get it up. But it has been very much a pleasure. I have, as you know, uh, I've been sort of semi-stalking you in a professional way uh, for a while, and I'm very, very, very pleased and excited. You are wildly underrated, in my opinion. Uh, there, are, there are, I don't know why, what that's about. I don't know why there isn't more discussion of you as a player, but when, I mean, and no offense to anybody, I mean, I love love Jimmy Moreland's tape. I love a lot of guys' tape, but I think you should be, if somebody's talking about FCS corners, you're right there with them in my mind. If it's whoever else you want to mention, right there. Right there. (laughs) Um, I watch Arian Archie's tape. Okay, I'm I'm fine. But the... If you have one game to single out, right, that you think is the best game you've ever played in your life, what game would you say that was, Arian? Uh, I'm going to say probably,
7: uh, I would say Nickel State, but
0: we, we lost that game, so probably. Uh, That's I okay. That, that drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. If, if your best game, once again, I T- team Spirit's awesome, but I'm trying to you to you to an NFL scout. So I need to to put on the tape that's going to make him go, wow. So that means that um, Mr. Jean-Pierre was in that game, right? The speedster from Nickel State. Uh, Damien Jean-Pierre? Yeah. But uh, I not Did I you ever... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, the, other, the
7: other receiver... Um, I can't remember his name he was number five
0: that was the that's the larger guy, but okay, that's the bigger of the two right yeah yeah oh, yeah yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about so you you gave him you know the nightmares right
7: yeah you know they were there was a there was a series of plays where they I was just getting deep shot after deep shot. And I, I actually had a, a interception in my hand, and I dropped it. You know, I was kind of disappointed by that, but I had a pretty, I, I, I'm pretty proud of my performance that game. I, I stood tall and didn't allow anything. Yeah,
1: okay.
0: well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you had a bunch of good games. I would agree that that was a good game, and you know, you had a few others that I think easily could go on a, you know, if somebody was looking for uh, to to feature some of the things you did best. Well, once again, please do look out for an email in the next couple of days. I know you've got a lot going on because you, are you graduating this spring?
7: I have two more semesters because of the program, but I'm still in school right now.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. And then I suppose when, when, when football does finally finish for you, you're going to put your engineering degree to work, I assume?
7: Yes, sir. I like to be an engineer after or whenever football is done. Um for hopefully, hopefully not soon, but whenever it is, something. Yeah, hopefully
0: not soon. Structural engineering, civil engineering, what uh, do you have a flavor, a type of engineering that you most enjoy? Um
7: I think I, I'm I'm uh emphasizing in software and uh embedded uh designs, so like uh like programming and things like that.
0: Software oh, okay. And stuff. Yeah, excellent. Well, so no matter what happens, it's clear that you're going to do well in this world, and I, I want to congratulate you for, once again, being one of the most, I think, one of the most improved players in the country. Uh, to, you know, to see what you did over that, you know, 2016, 2017, 2017, 2018 to 2018, 2018 19 night and day, uh, physically stronger, your grasp of the game tremendously improved. Uh, you seem to know when to take chances and when to play it safe. I mean, all the things you all things I look for, at least. So I uh, thank you so much, very much for your, your time, your talent, your attention. Like I said, you'll be hearing from me again soon. Keep up the good work. Thanks for having me. Okay. So, Mr. Hall, uh, I will finish up with you as well. You have been a favorite of mine for quite some time, also, for several reasons. First of all, you're a tackler. I mean, people sometimes don't bring that up when you talk about corners, like it doesn't matter. But the difference between an eight-yard gain and an 80-yard gain sometimes is if you have, a, if you, have uh, you know, corners you can tackle. Tell me about your approach to the physical side of being a cornerback because some people don't talk about that.
6: Well, like, well I had to I got that from, like, high school from my uh, cornerback coach. He was, like, big on, like, setting the edge, and he taught us, well, how to, you know, when the ball comes your way, stay outside, you know, shield off blocks. And, like, we just took pride in that. And, like, ever since from, like, you can see it, you can watch any of my high school and junior college. And now, like, it's, it's the same. Like, I always hold the edge real well, throw, throw throw the guy off, throw the receiver off me, and just make tackles. Like, just being aggressive, just having that, that mentality. Like, you don't want anybody to block you. So, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be physical at all times. and Make sure you're shielding and uh, make sure you got the right hand placement, keeping your feet hot and so you won't get embarrassed, or. So over, you know.
0: Right. And let me give you a little time to to brag on your uh, your wingman, your partner, your buddy. For those who have not watched Nate Brooks, and they should be watching Nate Brooks. But if somebody, for some reason, has not watched him. Give me a little thumbnail sketch. A little. Give me some idea of what it is that he brings to the table. What makes him so good? And and why should people pay more attention to Nate?
6: Yeah. Well i say like i mean he physical hes he' a physical player too, and like he he played technically sound and like um he just got he just got a grit and like a, a just like a i don't know he just like a little i'll say well he a kind of like wild player but, like well, like not just like not just out of control but like when he' making plays, his passion the way he, like he just turned up and like um uh, his communication he he's smart too he played real smart football too that's 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 pretty much what I say about Nate.
0: I really believe that you guys are the best cornerback tandem in the country, and I've said it on a few occasions. I, I don't know if anybody believes me, but I, I will go down with this. I don't think there's a better combination, a better – I mean, no offense to whoever else, Marvin, Marvin, Marvin Tell and, and Biggie Marshall at USC, Who else you want to bring up. I think Nate Brooks and Kimon Hall are the best cornerback tandem in the country. Said it and I mean it. <laughs> I do. Uh, I, I think both, I think you both can do some of everything. I think when you combine coverage with tackling, with intelligence, with ball skills, mm. everything across the board, I can't think of anybody better. Yeah. So you must have favorite players, guys that you like to watch play. Who are the guys you get the most pleasure out of watching when you put on a football game and why?
6: I have to say Patrick Peterson. Like, he te- like his technique, his press technique is insane. Like he got the patience and like the way he play, He plays physical too. And like, um, like his ball skills, he makes great plays. And I have to say Jalen Ramsey. Like I like, I like watching Jalen because he's real physical. Like, you know, he got that cockiness. And when I do cockiness, like, a confidence, he just play with confidence at all times. And, like, I try to, like, mimic a little bit of the way I play. But, like, I just – I wouldn't say i I'll be the player, like, make a play and just act crazy, you know, have a good celebration. But, like, I, I just line up and be ready for the next play. Like, I just have that passion. But, like, that's why I watch these guys, Patrick Peterson and uh, Jalen Ramsey. And I like well, uh, Marshawn Lynch, running back. I love him when he played, But, um because I got, that was one of my favorites going out of high school, him and Chris Johnson, because I had my little dreads and stuff like that, so I used to think I was <laughs> <Okay. up. laughs>
0: Right, I got you. Well, you know, I, I, I will say, and seeing them, like I said, a, a lot of the things that you mentioned, I, I agree. And the player I see when I watch you, the person you remind me of the most, uh, I'll Brent Grimes is who you remind me of. That's what yeah. I, watch you. That's what I <laughs> see when I watch you, I'll be honest. You remind me of Brent Grimes. <laughs> um, and as his name sort of implies, he's, he's got grit. He's got grime. He's got all that. I mean, he talks a little trash. He gets that little extra shove in sometimes. Not every receiver seems to appreciate but yeah. he's trying to, you know, he's trying to get in your head. He's trying to get in your pocket. He's, yeah. he's trying to, you know, Get the ball out. If you manage to get the ball, he's trying to swipe between your hands and knock it back out. He never gives up on a play. Uh, not a bad athlete, but not, not a freak athlete. Uh, but he really has the mental side of the game down. You know, that's how he's managed to hang around the league for all those years.
4: That's who yeah. I see
0: a little bit with too. But, you know, I think you're going to find your way into the league. I think you're going to hang around for a while. And I think they're going to bring you back because I think North Texas is. Sort of building a, a little uh, path to the NFL, basically, and you're going to be one of guys to be brought to come back and talk to the younger guys. So, you know, coach Patrol or whoever reaches out to you, you know, you you get maybe next year, you you know, after um, you get out of you know your season, got a little bit of time, and he says, you know, we come talk to the to the kids that got coming in. What would you tell them? One about what they're going to experience in their collegiate time and and playing it at North Texas, you know, part of the Mean Green and what you guys are building? And what kind of legacy do you want to see built at your school?
6: Oh, yeah. But, like, I would would just tell them, like, like you you got so many more, you got so many more, like, opportunities to get better. Like, you got all these people out here, these training facilities, positioning work, like, coaches that can help you. Well, like, not with just your coaches at the school, but, like, outside of North Texas, you got a lot more people that can help you. And, um, like, just take advantage of just the opportunities. Just get try to get better every day. Like, find a way every day. So you know, like, even it could be scratching or anything. But they, like, it can help you the next day to be uh, practice or perform better. Like, that's what I did a lot this past season. I just found a way, like, the summertime, just go out to the sand pit. While we was big on the sand pit, all the DBs and uh running backs and receivers, we used to just meet up at the sand pit. And this apartment complex, come And we will just be out there all day in the sun. Just grinding, like coaching up each other, pushing each other. But like the legacy here, our past, this past season, like, we was big on our character. Like our uh, coach, what he said was, our character drive our process, and our process equals our results. And like this year, we had great results,
1: but well, we didn't
6: finish how we wanted to. But like the injuries and stuff this season that we had, and like it, um, I don't know, like the legacy, the culture, like the coaches, the um, the people around, like the. The GAs, I mean, like the GAs, but the um, director of the athletes, like they was like they just took great care of us, like tried to help us, like the people, like they on the program, got the indoor facility coming, like man, it just it's a lot, and it's a, it's I mean it's great university, like school wise and, and everything else. Yeah, gotcha. And sort
0: of my more unofficial questions. Uh, what is your status, young man? Do you have a special someone, a, a fiancé, a wife, or what is your situation?
6: I got I got a girlfriend. Yes, sir. Okay. And who is that uh, special uh, young man? Everybody call it
0: Dree-Dree. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, Dree-Dree, I hope you and, and Mr. Hall uh, enjoy this ride. It's going to be some of everything, right? A little bit of everything that you can experience is going to happen is going to happen very fast. I wish you very much all the best as you undergo this, you know, really amazing experience coming your way. I think you're going to be one of those guys that just refuses to allow himself to be cut, you know, just keep mm-hmm. making enough days that, you know, they won't be, They'll even if somebody wants to keep somebody else, they'll look, they'll just have to say, well, we thought we were going to keep this guy, but it's k Hockey's making plays. Uh, so I, I think you are going to be in the league for a while. I think you're going to, like I said, make a name for yourself. And I, I very much look forward to hearing back uh, and keeping up with you. You're going to get a series of questions. Uh, they should sh- pop up in your email either uh, today or tomorrow. And if you'll respond and then send back a photograph of yourself, uh, that will allow okay. me to build up a profile and, and do a story. It has been a real pleasure. Uh, Kemon Hall, cornerback, North yes, Texas State. I, I think, like I said, there's big things in your future, young man. Yes, sir.
6: And thank you for having me on here, too.
0: Oh, well, thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, you are tremendously fun to watch on tape, and your character and your drive and your intellect very much come through when this big person gets to know you. So it's been a pleasure getting to know you. Uh, I want to thank also well everybody, obviously Arian, uh, tremendous having him on. Uh, I very much enjoyed having Michael with us. Um, Zach apparently had to run. I'll see if we can catch back up with him later at some point in the future. Uh, it was a real thrill getting to know Jerome as well. Uh, he's also somebody who's overcome a great deal. And, and of course, Keenan Johnson, also a real honor, a privilege, and a pleasure. I thank you all for everything you've given. Keep on. like I said, check your email uh, later today or tomorrow morning and please respond when you can. Once again, it has been nothing but my distinct pleasure. Keep doing what you're doing and uh, look, like I said, I want to keep up with you as you move forward. Yes, sir. Okay, have a great rest of your day and uh, and thank your representation uh, Brian and everyone else uh, for helping put this together.
6: Oh, yeah, yes, sir for
0: sure. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Take care of yourself.
6: All right, you too.
0: Yeah, take care.